you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 329, Part B. Tonight, the Manlings go over the rules for the old world. See how we did combat and battles back when I was just a short little bearded nothing. Now shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage, you tools for the next two hours or thereabouts. We're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have some laughs along the way. Bringing you rank and flank movement, wheeling, turning, and every other type of movement, and basically winning by movement. Yeah. I'm Dave Whitek, and with me as always is Chris Walker. Chris! Hey-o. Hello. Hey, how's it going? So good. Uh, We're alive. We're not frozen to death. Oh, good golly. I had to go out today. Yeah, and it was awful. Mm. They have canceled school. They have gone to remote learning again tomorrow for yeah. basically everywhere around here. The high tomorrow is supposed to be zero. Nice. And the low uh, the low in my area, they said, is going to be negative 12 or something like that. And that's the temp. Like, that's not with the wind. Yeah, minus 13 here tomorrow morning. Jeez, yeah. That's Fahrenheit. For all you Celsius oh, yeah. people, what is that? What is that? Uh, what is negative 13 degrees in Celsius, Harrison? I mean, zero Celsius is 32, right? Here, I got it. What is it? Uh, minus minus 20. Oh. Well, and, like I said, with the wind chill, it's supposed to be down to, like, possibly negative 20 or negative 30 Fahrenheit, which was, once again, even just, oh, just, just bananas. Mi- minus, minus 25. Okay, so minus 25. That's without the wind chill. Great. Yeah, that's without For, for our chill. Celsius friends. Yeah. Okay. Well, the nice thing is I can just I can stay home and just teach remotely, which is always easy, especially since a third of the kids don't show up. But that's not the point. <laughs> hey. The, the point is uh, we're here and we're doing this, and this is going to be awesome, guys. The rules for the old world. We've been getting a lot of nice feedback on the Facebook page for the people who don't really listen because they don't like AOS. Because you know, I don't know, Mortal Realms bad. Uh, but they're like, oh, I tuned in because you covered this, and it was really great, and I like it. And I'm like, okay, great. I lo- I'm, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of positive feedback. A lot of positive feedback on the Discord. Are you telling me that people who don't listen to our show because we cover AOS are listening because we're covering Old World? Yes, I am I am saying exactly that. In fact, on the Facebook page is an older listener who's still a, f- a fan of the show and a friend of the show but doesn't play AOS and doesn't really listen and saw this pop up and came back to listen. Wow, okay, cool. Yeah, I, hey, you know what? I don't, yeah, I don't care why you listen. I just like that people listen. <laughs> yeah. So here we are with part B, which is an extra bonus episode this month. Uh, folks, we are still going to have our end of the month episode, which guess what that's going to be about, Chris? Guess which game system that's going to be about? The, bon- the bonus episode? This is the bonus episode, but oh. the regular episode for the next episode, episode uh, 330. Guess what game system that's going to be about? I think it's going to be Age of Sigmar. No. Or is it going to be Old <laughs> World? We're still January, man. Oh, it's, that's got, right. It's Old World January. It's Sorry. Old World January. In fact, we prob- we got at least one more coming out, probably two, if we got to cover... We've got the Bretonian book, the Tomb King book, and Forces of Fantasy and Ravening Hordes to talk about. Not in perfect detail. That would be insane. I agree. And once again, you just need it in front of you to do that. It's just, I mean, picture the rules section where we cover the rules for one army, and now do it for five. 
I, I will go. I would. I will go cross-eyed. Just yeah. Re- these guys have AP one. These guys have AP two. This is strength four. I'll go. I'll lose my brain. So, right. but we're going to cover some of the lore background to them and talk about the stuff we think that's cool in their army lists. So, we've got so much coming. Um, but before we get to any of that, we need to thank the sponsors, yeah. and that includes Kazark Superstore. Kazark Superstore. Kazark Superstore. Which is still with us after all these years, and we're so thankful, as well as Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Basing, MDF needs, tokens, trackers, markers, 3D printing. If you own the STL files, you can send it to them, and they can print your stuff. They're amazing. And last but certainly not least... Our friends at Grognard Games in both Roselle and Batavia, Illinois, because there's always something happening at Grognards. Yeah, yeah. Hitting that real bell. And let's not forget our Patreon patrons, associate producers Jake C., James Brown, and Old Man Yeti. Uh, That's associate producers, yes. And executive producers Scotty Mill, George Stradone, and Sir Kilsteak. Our newest patrons, Matthias Kraft and Sinister Grackle. Thank you all. Thank you. All of our patrons, past, present, and future, for becoming the almost 1% of the show who make this episode and every episode a possibility. Yeah. Um, and, oh, we did get a voicemail. Where's my, where is, okay, here we go. We did get a voicemail. Chris, you know we have voicemail, right? Do you know the number to the voicemail by any chance? Uh, 1-877-GHO-6? 877-GHO-6? What are we, a business? No, 1-757-GHO-6. That's right. I'll give you two guesses. That's fine. You ain't going to call anyway. You work here, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we got one. It's not a long one. It's like under a minute, so I'm just going to play it real quick, and then uh, we'll hear what he has to say. Hold on one second. Hey, Dave and Chris. It's Sheldon. I'm calling from Grognard Games in Batavia, Illinois. Whoa! Uh, about to get my first AOS game of the new year. Uh, both my friend and I are starting new armies. He's bringing Glue Spike Gits. I'm bringing the Cruel Boys, uh, which we'll see how that plays out on the tabletop in a minute here. But it got me thinking, lore-wise, um, which of these two factions is more Morky? Which do you think you know embraces the cunning side of Gorka Morka's brutality? Anyway, just a question to discuss. Um, otherwise, uh, love the episode on Old World. Can't wait for the next one. I'm um, going to try really hard not getting into that game, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, <laughs> great, great job. Keep it up. I thank you so much. Bye. See, he's in the same boat I am. I don't necessarily want and need a new game, but God bless America. These are good girls. Mm. So who do you think's more Morky? Morky? Uh, Mork is the cunning... But brutal, yeah, and but we've brutal. already said that these the, guys that the, well, the gits are more cunning than brutal. I would say. Well, but they've also said in the lore that the, the cruel boys are as well. The cruel boys are far more morky than the rest of the orcs. They, they don't. They believe that cheating is important. Fighting, uh, fighting an even battle makes you a stupid head. Yeah. Um, but I would agree with you, and I would agree with you that the. Uh, Grotz and the Gits are more Morky because they have to be. Yeah. The, the Orcs, uh, the, the Cruel Boys are wiry, but they're still Orcs. Mm-hmm. They can flip to the, they can get the Gork going. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Yeah, the, they get they, like the, the big monsters rolling. They can be. Yeah, whereas the Grotz, the, the Grotz are little weedy guys, right? They're not, mm-hmm. if, if, they don't, if they don't get it done by cunning, 
they they've got issues. I yeah. mean, they'd, just, ra- they'd rather stab you in the back than yeah. face you. And so would the cruel boys. But if the cruel boys can't stab you in the back, they'll still punch you in the face. Right. And there, I think, is the main difference. I think that mm-hmm. the gits have to be that way all the time. And the yeah. cruel boys have an option to sort of be just more orky. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. But thanks for the call, Sheldon. And I'm glad he got his game in. Calling from Grognards right before he starts the game. Hold on. Nice. You got to get that hey. bell. Got to get that bell. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're going to, you know what? We don't have to take a break. I just realized this um, because everything with the sponsors, we do two episodes a month where we have the sponsors for their commercials and stuff. So bonus episodes aren't included in that. So we don't really need to take a break right now. We will probably take a break at some point uh, for yeah. ourselves and maybe just throw in a quick bumper. But uh, I think we're just going to go and just do this, right? Yep. So, I mean, if you're sitting there listening to the show right now, you're going, oh, God bless America, Dave. Show's two and a half to three hours long. What do you mean no commercial breaks? When am I supposed to stop to pee? My answer is th- this ain't live. Just pause me anytime. You can, you can pause, pause right pause now. Yeah. And then put me back right on again. It doesn't even matter. All right. So let's talk about rules. Now, first of all, mm. the rules, as it says, the rules start on page 91, where you get an overview and general principles of the game. Okay. This goes to page. Oh, God. Uh,. Okay, so from 91 to 111. So 20 pages of basic rules. Or they're just getting you up to speed on terminology and stuff. Core rules start on page 115. And the core rules go to... Just keeps going, just keeps going. To 161. So you got... Uh, 46 pages of core rules. Now, then you get the advanced rules, (laughs) which goes from page one. And I'm just pointing this out because we are not going to cover absolutely every little thing in this book because we can't. Not due to time constraints, but because a lot of these things have diagrams and pictures and honest to God. Okay, listen, folks, I'm going to say this. And I'm going to put this out there and you could say whatever you want about me and how much I love Games Workshop. But even if you don't want to play this game, Get the rule book. Like, yeah. the, the rules are cool. The artwork is great. These are some great old pictures of some of these older models. And the rules are very cool. And there's a lot of great ideas and inspiration in here and stuff that if you're on the fence, you know, get the rule book a try. Like, I can't cover everything, but there's so much cool stuff in here. Yeah, there's a lot of old art in here, old pictures. There's a lot, some new stuff, too. Yes. It feels like it's primarily old stuff. I'm going to be honest. But that's that's old models for most of it. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So, now the advanced rules, I finally got there. 165 to page 229. Okay? Yeah. That's the advanced rules. Now, we're going through those rules. Now, we go through all the pictures. Pictures, pictures, pictures in the book. Pictures in the book. Hold on. I'm flipping pages, flipping pages. Then you get to the battle. It shows you uh, pictures of boards. Battlefields of Britonia. Battles of the Empire, Battlefields of Nehekara, and then they talk about terrain, and this starts on page 268. Battlefield terrain discussed. Oh, then we get to page 276, how to actually build an army list. Mm-hmm. Right? You get to how to build an army list, what you have to have, what you can't have. That goes on for about 10 pages or so. Uh, prepping a battle. And then they got a bunch of... Uh, uh, battle, you know, battle plans, you know, or uh, what do you call them? Um, 
Yeah, the scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you got six scenarios for that. You got campaign battle scenarios. We're not going to go through all this. Then finally on page 316, they tell you uh, magic. So they magic give you I- like oh, magic items and no, stuff. Magic spells, yeah. magic items, magic weapons, blah, blah, blah. And that goes from page 316 to 343. And then you got a quick reference page. So we're talking roughly without the pictures, like 200 pages of rules. Yeah, that's what's known as a uh, like a gritty rule set. Yeah, um, like this is this is like the opposite of Age of Sigmar. Listen, if you've played <laughs> fantasy before, <laughs> yeah, this is this will be familiar. This to will you. be familiar and fun. If you've only ever played Age of Sigmar, this could seem a little daunting. I will say this: it's a completely different game. It's more difficult. It's more crunchy. Oh, yeah. This is a much more crunchy game. There's a lot of figuring out of stats and looking at charts and figuring out numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near as complex as, like, like second edition Warhammer. Woof. Second edition? Original second edition Warhammer? Yeah. It was crazy. There was, like, a chart for everything. I watched a video on YouTube where they were going over. Someone got and bought... The, uh, they got hold of the original Warhammer, like oh, the first original? edition. Yeah, yeah, first edition. And that was like a role playing game. Yes. That barely had rules. And second edition right. rules were even crazier. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that game, they had not figured out what they were doing yet. <laughs> right. It was a game. You could play it. Yeah. But, uh, but it, hmm. wasn't, it wasn't all tabletop battles. It was like right. more of a role playing game. It felt yeah. almost like more like a Mordheim. Yeah, the first proper game was third edition. That's where I started. God, you started all the way back, man. I didn't start till. Let me put it this way: I was looking at stuff at the very tail end of sixth edition, mm-hmm. and that's when we were looking at stuff. And Barnett was like, "Well, hold off because the new rules set is coming out." And so the yeah. first rule set I bought was right when seventh dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, so you 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 have several editions on me. Yeah, I was. Yeah, pretty much everything was a metal miniature. There was very little plastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know what? Let's jump into it. Um, yeah. And uh, I tell you what, here's what we're going to do, folks. I don't know how long this is going to take. There's 200 pages of rules. So, <laughs> so, so we're, we're going to skip the toolbox. And if for some ungodly reason this show doesn't take as much time as it as it normally does, if for some weird reason we go through all this and we still have want to yap, maybe we'll do our toolbox because I've been building a lot of Legion Imperialis. Ooh, yeah. I've got some on bases finally. Nice. They look good. But we'll talk about that later. Let's start I've been with the painting Warhammer forty K. Have you been? What are you been painting really quick? Uh, I'm, just, painting, I'm curious. Every- been painting my Void Dancer guys. I finished them. Oh, all. your Harlequins! Yeah, yeah, I finished my Harlequins. So I finished the Shadow Seer, the Death Jester, and then I painted a uh, the Captain from the Indominus set, the guy in the Terminator armor. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, yeah. I painted him Ultramarines. I've got like a quarter of the a. They're the best. Yeah, I got I've got like a quarter of a Bale Predator painted, and uh, I put together the Apothecary Biologus. And, Look at uh, you! I know. I did get the two big, big boxes, expensive boxes of terrain. Mm-hmm. The one that's the buildings and one that's the ruins. Yeah. Um, the building one comes, um, well, with, with, after you read the instructions, mm-hmm. like there's, I think there's eight sprues, 
but like you're done after four with the instructions. So it's a double set in there. Oh. And the same thing with the towers. There's a double set in there for the spires and towers. It's a lot of terrain. Yeah. I don't know if it's enough for a four foot by five foot table, but it's a lot of terrain. And then I bought, and the same thing with the with the ruined ones. You get a bunch of stuff for that, but it's mm-hmm. it's basically whatever the original set was. I don't know how they sold it because I never bought it before. But it's it's a double set. Cool. Lots of cool terrain. So, and I'm figuring out finally how to paint these guys on the sprue. Yeah. Uh, the first That's sprue. That's the took, master plan. First sprue took a lot of time because I was trying to figure out how to paint it. Now it's like now I know what kind of worked and what didn't. So I think I've got it down to five, maybe six <laughs> quick coats. <laughs> okay. Well, it's blood angels. So yeah. after after it's all white, you yeah. contrast the blood angels. Yeah. Then you, you know my blood angels recipe. What is it? So it's uh, wraith bone. Uh huh. Then it's uh, contrast bale red. Okay, I use the blood angels red, but I can see mm-hmm. the bale red. That works. Bale red, and then uh, let that dry, and then um, wash it with Targor Rage Shade. What is that? Targor Rage Shade is a it's a uh, it's a wash. Oh, I don't even know that one. Yeah, it's a shade. Yeah, it's a shade paint. It's awesome. So oh, okay. good. Um, and then. You paint, then you can. I you're, I, then you could dry brush it, or um, Evil Sun Scarlet is uh, Blood Angels Red. It's and a little. Can, it's a little different add, than the contrast looks, but yeah, the Evil Sun Scarlet is good. Evil Sun Scarlet is is basically Blood Angels Red, and then you highlight with Wild Rider if you feel like it. Oh, so here's what I'm doing with the tiny guys because they're super tiny. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I primed them black, not thinking. So I going over with the. I'm uh, just. Uh, doing white over them uh the little black in the shadows is fine it actually really works it's sort of slap choppy um then i hit it with uh contrast blood angels red then i go in and uh what I, oh, okay i can see it mm-hmm. and then i go in and what i'll do is i'll take uh i'll just water down null oil because i want the black on it yeah that fills in all the little details and all the cracks and crevices mm-hmm then I go over it with Fire Dragon Bright, a light mm. dry brush, because that because yeah. they're so tiny, you need that yeah. big pop. Yep. Fire Dragon Bright, little light dry brush over them. Then mm. I uh, I paint the weapons black, mm-hmm. and then uh, dry brush over them a little bit of the steel to get some to pick out the details and the highlights. Yeah. Those bros are done. That's cool. It actually is done. Uh, some of the guys have like uh, plasma weapons. So I'm going to go in with a little blue on those, the mm-hmm. ice blue, just so you can tell they're plasma sure. weapons. They're yeah. so tiny, you just yeah. can't tell. Like I have to hold them right. under the magnifying glass to make sure I paint them and get up to the edges. <laughs> wow. But these guys who are, I have the you know I have the little light, the round light with the thing. Sure. These guys, I'm watching them paint them on the videos where they cut it off and they put it on the little piece of blue tack and they're sitting there with a brush and they're highlighting the shoulder pads and stuff. Oh, nope. I did try to go back with the little bolts on the shoulder pads and tap them with a little silver mm-hmm. just to give it some details. Okay. Uh, that got really boring really fast. And plus, yeah. me, I, it's hard for me to hit those little things and not get paint everywhere. I'm just not that good with it. So yeah. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Harrison looked at it. They look pretty cool. The bases are are that light cement white. Started with like a dark, uh, like a like a very light brown into a gray yeah. into a wraith bone at the top. Mm-hmm. All just stippled one over another, so it's got the various tones like stone. Boom! So we're we're totally doing a toolbox. Yeah, uh, we are. But uh, that's cool. I I love it. I'm so excited. And the thing is, 
I'm trying to crank through this. And now that I did it, like it took me forever to get the first brew done, which I did a lot more colors on there and a lot more stuff I saw in the other videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically because I didn't know what I was doing and I was trying to figure out what I should do. Yeah. Um, now that I got it down, it's going to be those five to six quick colors and I'll have the Space Marines at least part done. Then I got to figure out how to paint Solar Auxilia. But you, you can't paint them on the bases. So I can't just base it up and play. I have to get it painted, which means now we're going to see how fast I can get this done. That's cool. Because even Harrison said he wants to play too, so he doesn't mind if I hold off because my next step, I've only got like three models to paint and finish my basing, and I've finished my uh, Slaves of Darkness. So Lumineth Realm Lords is in the batter's box right now. That's cool. But Harrison has said they will remain there so I can get this done so we can play. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited. That's excellent. All right. um, Yeah, okay. Well, that was the toolbox, folks. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to see pictures of this stuff, I posted my stuff up on our Discord. Oh, and I posted a little bit on the Discord, too. Uh, I forget where I put it, if I put it in other games or what. But it was, yeah. I, I, put, it, I think De- I put it in the hobby section. Definitely check out the, the Discord channel, folks. We have the link posted in the show notes. We have the link posted on the Facebook page. And I believe it's posted on our, um, if you look on our Patreon page, you'll find the Discord link in there. So please join us there. That's where the that's where all the Garage Hammer stuff is actually happening, much more than on the Facebook page and much more than on uh, anywhere else. So, yeah. all right. So, okay, it's time to get into this game. Okay. Overview. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the overview, we can go through this pretty quick. Uh, general principles, uh, you know, measurement, that type of stuff, directly toward and directly away. They talk about what they mean about dice and re-rolling and stuff. Yeah. Templates. We have templates. The uh, flame, the three-inch round, and the five-inch blast template. Uh, was that your computer that just went boom? Nope. I don't know what is doing that. And I don't. And it doesn't. I don't think it shows up in the show. I, unless it does. I don't. I don't remember. I didn't hearing. hear it. Oh, then it must be my dumb computer. I don't know why it does that. Anyway, who cares? Let's go back to the show. Um, templates are back. Arguing about where templates hit things are back. Hooray. Uh, I think there's a little going to be a little less to that because the rules have yeah. changed for it. They have. Now you have to put it over them dead center. And yeah. the fact is, if you look at a three-inch... I remember Relian printing out a little Whoa. thing that showed exactly mm-hmm. where yep. all that stuff was. And it's like, um, okay, that's... you know. That's yeah. not something. That's it, great. Like, you know have, exactly like, what it yeah, can hit. Yeah, like dead center on a unit on twenty fives. You hit the guy in the middle. Everyone else is partially under it. Yep. Yeah. And so that and now you have to put it dead center in the unit now too, mm-hmm. which does help alle- alleviate a lot of those arguments. No sniping characters with stone throwers. Yes. I mean, you could get lucky and hit them, but you can't. You, could. you can't aim to those characters in the front row to try to take people out. Right. Uh, plus, you got the scatter dice and the misfire dice, or the, the distance dice. That's all back. That's all crazy. Um, I didn't throw any of that stuff away. Yeah, I have it somewhere. Um, okay. Guessing with cannonballs is back. <laughs> Ten from the back. That's how you play mm-hmm. it. Uh, okay. Uh, models have a much larger profile card now. Mm-hmm. They have well, a movement yeah. stat. They have a weapon skill, ballistic skill, strength, toughness, wounds, initiative, attacks, and leadership. All of yeah. this is important if you've never played it. So we're uh, back to our back to our roots. Yeah, our old stat line. Um, now, uh, now if a model has a characteristic of zero, it has no ability to do this. Okay, this seems that you see this most of the time in ballistic skill. They they can't shoot. They don't have a shooting weapon. Their ballistic skill is zero. 
If any model or object has a weapon skill of zero, this is interesting. I don't know if this is from the old rules. It cannot defend itself in combat, and any blow struck against it will auto-hit. So weapon mm-hmm. skill of zero means you are auto-hit. Then, if at any time a model strength, toughness, or wounds is reduced to zero, it is killed and moved from play. So strength and toughness, if you can, I know they can be reduced, and a lot of things say you can't reduce it below one. Mm-hmm. But if you can get their strength or toughness to zero through a spell or some magic, and I know you used to be able to, they dead, which yeah. is kind of cool. Um, leadership you tests, know, characteristic tests, what were you going to say? Yeah. I say I misspoke. I, I started with fourth edition, sorry. Oh, okay. Well, still. Oh, yeah. Still, that was three editions before me. Yeah, fourth edition, sorry. Um, a characteristic test. When you have to pass a character, like you have to pass a strength test, right? Mm-hmm. You roll a d6. If it's equal to or less than, you pass. Yep. So the so higher, higher the stats, higher, yeah, exactly. you better, yeah. Uh, sixes always fail when making a characteristic test. Ones always pass. Yep. Uh, if your characteristic is zero or dash, you have no skill in it, you auto-fail. These are just basic things. Leadership test is the same as before. Roll 2d6. It's got to be lower than your leadership. Um, when making a leadership, if you roll a natural 12, you fail a natural two, you pass no matter what. So just basic rules like that. Um, base size, unit size, armor value, all this stuff is just, I mean, this is just going over the, the basic ideas of the game. Yeah. I mean, Uh, forming units is important because when you're playing rank and flank, yeah, basing is a big deal. They, so now everything's on a, some things are on bigger bases now. Yes, they've got. There's a. Where is the list of base sizes? Is that in the book or is that online? It's probably going to be in the army books. Probably, you're probably right. Because I don't yeah. remember seeing so it. So I know, I know. It's all. like it's like goblins. They used to be on twenties. Now they're on twenty fives. Is anything think, on twenties anymore? Like that's so small. So. I don't think it's a twenty five. I think it's a. Is it a 20? It's not a 25. It's not a 20. It's something else. Well, I mean, there's 20, 25, and 28, unless they're making new I, base sizes, which I don't I, think I, they I, are. I, I, it says somewhere. Where did I see I it? I don't know. Um, it's on Games Workshop's Facebook. But now you have to... Yeah, and they're changing the base sizes. Harrison pointed that out, though. Mm-hmm. He said, you look at the old models, and you really can't just replace them with the new stuff. And not just because they got to fit over that little square, because they have to be ranked up, so they can't be spread out and leaning over. Because then you get corn, corn uh, blood, uh, the blood letters. What are the, the corn demons? Blood what, letters. Yeah, remember those guys with their swords and their elbows out? Oh yeah, it was almost impossible to rank them up. Mm-hmm. So he even said he's like, if these things fit on twenties and they fit, they're fine. The stuff they're making for war for Age of Sigmar is going to be enormous compared to them, and he's not wrong. Right? They do look weird. They look different. Um, but you got to have them all ranked up. So you got to be able to have your well, over yeah, the squares and and ranked up. I think part of putting things on bigger bases is for that, so that they'll fit better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And like I said, this is another thing. I am not rebasing. I am nothing. I have on rounds is going back on squares. I refuse. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I I spent enough time doing this. I'm not doing it again. 
So what you can do is you can just put your guys on the right size movement tray. But they still have to have the right number of models because you remove models yeah. as they die. So if, if yes. you can fit them, that's fine. But Right. So what you could do is you'll just put in like little fillers in your movement trays to oh. make sure everyone's in the right spots. Oh, my concern was not so much that you would need fillers, but would they actually fit five wide in a hundred mm-hmm. meter wide, a hundred millimeter base? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's actually, there's actually some articles on their Facebook page about how to make unit fillers. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. She whiz. Like they're, yeah. Well, uh, basically, uh, the when you're putting units together, they're going to have, I mean, most of them seem to, most infantry is like five wide mm-hmm. minimum, you know, it can be wider and oftentimes it is, especially if you want to play that game of trying to guess how many wide your opponent's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but you have to have complete ranks. The only rank that can be incomplete is the back rank because that's where you start taking models off, mm-hmm. you know, um, there, you can get rank bonuses and stuff like that. You get call them marching columns. There's some really interesting things with this. Um, like I said, your average your average unit of infantry is five wide. Okay, so if it's oh here le- it is. Okay, Games Work Games Workshop confirmed that all twenty mil bases will be increased to twenty fives. So it is twenty fives. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And cavalry ones from twenty five to fifties from from twenty five by fifty to thirty by sixty. That's the new ones, yeah. Yeah, so you got to rebase all your 20 mil guys to 25s. They don't have to, but... Oh, good luck with that. So, oh, I suppose, yeah, you could get fillers and just right keep the guy, the right number of guys on yeah. a movement so tray. I've, I've seen some companies that are selling trays. Designed to pop your 20s into the 25 to slot? Pop, exactly, yep. Well. Exactly. Someone's going to make some money off that, I guess. Yeah, that would be a good thing for... Our friends at Six Squared Studios. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's some interesting things with this. Um, so let's say I'm five wide, and my minimum, they'll, tell you, they'll give you a minimum unit size. Yeah. So if my unit size is five and I'm five wide, I'm done. Mm-hmm. If I got ten in there, so I got two rows of five, I get up to three rows of five. Where it gets interesting is your, you get rank bonuses for combat. For having extra ranks. Yeah. But only if you are wider than you are deep or if you are square. Yeah. So five wide rank in the front up to five ranks total. So 25. That's considered ranked up for close order because yeah, they have different close formations. Order formation, yeah. Now, if you're like me, I used to have the five wide zombies that wound up being 10 deep. Yeah. That's marching column. Okay. You don't get rank bonuses when you're getting deeper than you are wide because apparently you should just widen out so you get more guys into combat purposely keeping extra guys out of combat is a marching column mm-hmm. there's some interesting stuff in here uh, a lot yeah. of it's the, i think they have a they have a phalanx formation now too yes which i believe is the same as what they used to call is that horde formation where you're 10 wide Oh, where is that? I didn't see that. I think, one. I think that might be in the advanced rules somewhere. Okay, let's. Well, let's let's let we'll, we'll hold off on that until we get there because I didn't remember seeing that, but I didn't go through everything with right every little thing. So um, you know, uh, now there are some rules for taking mo- you take models from the back. 
the back rank, you start from one end, you, you have to continue on that end. You can't pull them from both sides and leave extra guys in the middle. It basically has to stay as close to your little boxes as it, as it can. Um, now, even though models are removed from the back, they don't die. Like, the guys in the front aren't killing the guys in the back. They're killing the guys in the front of the unit. So it talks about this, okay? So usually the fighting rank is what dies. Removing models from the back represents warriors in the back rank stepping up to fill the gaps. Right. A model cannot make an attack during a phase in which it stepped forward. It is right. too busy going over. So, so we're back. That's a, that's an old like fifth, sixth edition rule. I think that was in seventh. Yeah, it was seventh in seventh is, as well. Seventh edition, they they didn't they introduce step up, step up in seventh edition. Oh, this is. Oh no, I think that was eighth because I remember was in that seventh. Eighth? Yeah, because I remember playing in seventh with Harrison, and okay. he had his always strike first. So if his swordmasters yeah. killed the first two ranks of guys worth, I didn't get yeah. to fight back because all those guys died, and all well, my step up guys couldn't fight. All, all you have to do right now is wipe out the front rank. Yeah, and and now you, you're you're the enemy cannot fight back. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, woof. Well, yeah. I mean, that's it. <laughs> so initiative really makes a difference in this oh, game yeah. because now you, there, well, when we get to combat, we'll talk about it. And everybody, like I said, I'm I'm talking mostly to the AOS only players here about stuff that might be new to you because for everybody else who's played well, fantasy, that, I mean, it's old hat. It, yeah, but I mean, if you if you if you remember Eighth Edition, they definitely had step up. Right. Like if your if your front rank got wiped out, so what? You kept your fighting. Sec- yeah. You kept your second rank would step on. You'd fight as normal. But now that's they went back. A couple of additions, and yeah. So they took that out, there. and now initiative. Um, you get bonuses your initiative if you charge. Uh huh. Um, like you get like plus one for every three full inches you charge. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and then and then also base size. It for your rank bonuses. It depends what kind of troop you are. Yeah, they changed a lot, and plus you can't get like you used to get max out at three rank bonuses. Now nobody gets that many. You yeah, now it's like, two. Well, some people, it's only one. Yeah, max is two for regular infantry, five models per rank. Heavy infantry, four models per rank. Monster infantry is three. Uh, and the max they can get is plus two rank bonus. Um, and then cavalry, uh, light cavalry is five. Heavy cavs four. Monsters cav three. War beasts, like... They're, you're like throwing out a lot of numbers here that nobody's yeah. following. Well, Be- that's the models per rank. Right, right. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying let's let's yeah. let's we'll get to that when we because if we're, we're if we start jumping around on the rules this ain't like a lore episode. I'm going to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um unit facing, you have to have line of sight. Line of sight it's a basically and if if you remember the 45 degree arc. Yeah, arc of sight templates. Yeah. Basically you get a 45 degree arc from your from the front rank. To see from. So your front is 45 degrees off the left and right, which basically makes 90 degrees total. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the uh, same thing in the rear and the same thing on the flanks. Right. And then, so your unit can only see off their front rank. Yes. So that's where they can, that's who they can charge, who they can shoot. Like Everything has to be visible within that rank. So right, right. that's where the arguments always came in. Mm-hmm. I can lay, see those guys. No. Lay down the 45-degree arc template. Yeah. Try to use your lasers mm-hmm. thing to go straight. It's just always such a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's different types of troops, and this is you know still similar. Infantry, cav, chariots, monsters, and war machines. Oh, this is where you're talking about the ra- maximum ranks and stuff. Yeah, they added heavy cavalry to this, or heavy cavalry. Monstrous and, cavalry and war beasts. Yeah. Wow. They, they, 
that, so the new stuff that we didn't have before is heavy infantry, heavy cavalry. Uh, that's the new stuff. What's a heavy chariot? So like a chaos chariot. Oh, was that a heavy chariot before? No, it's just a chariot. A new thing, and, right? Okay. And then, then the light chariots were like the Tomb King chariots, but they had their own special rules. Right. Remember, they could like they had like, sp- like dispersed formation, and they could oh, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now we also get unit strength per model because mm-hmm. your unit strength comes into play during combat, during the, uh, well, during several things. Yeah, for like controlling objectives and that kind of stuff. Most most infantry models are worth one. You can get cavalry is usually worth two. Mm-hmm. Once you get up to monstrous stuff, they're worth three, you know, that type of things. Monsters and war machines, their unit strength is however many wounds they have because they're only one model. So Yeah, they're, they're starting wounds, yeah. But that's how you determine your unit strength when you when you figure out because you will need to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, magic, magic is so much fun. Oh, I'm sorry, magic was this so much more fun. Magic is way different now. It's different than the old Eighth Edition. This feels more like Seventh to me, uh, with some changes. And the changes here are great. The magic phase is well, that the magic phase. This is all in that uh, with the opening, the first phase. Yeah, it's not nearly as deadly as Eighth Edition was. No, no, it's it's. Uh, I like it though. Okay, so first of all, your wizards can be up to four different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, each level is how many spells you. What is it? Uh, each you spell add you, your level to your rolls. Right, but it's also. Um, isn't that doesn't the the wizard level determine how many spells you can cast or how many uh, spells you can know? I don't think so. I thought so. Okay. Because uh, like each wizard has like spells on their stat sheet. No, no. Here. To determine the spells a wizard knows, roll a number of D6 equal to their level. Rerolling duplicates. And then you pick. Because oh, okay. you don't get to pick your own spells. That's the thing. You don't get to pick your own spells. And you didn't use. I forgot about this. So you've got different types of magic. So you got a level one wizard, level two, level three, level yeah. four. So w- let's say it says I know spells from, and the, the wizard lores have different names here. Let me just flip to the page. Okay, I know the, the, the lore of, uh, I don't know. Fire or whatever. Uh, where are lore, the spells? Lore, each lore of magic contains seven spells. Well, yeah, because there's one six through six. Six numbered and, and si- signature spell. Yeah, so there's a spell that's just, that's the spell for the, that everybody seems, oh, yeah, should that's know. Right. Where are okay? Here Gosh, it is. I forgot. So I let's. Did, look. I, I, I didn't read. I didn't read this. Right. I, I you didn't. Read okay. So quickly. the first one is. Uh, I'm going to look at demonology really quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are always six spells for every magic lore. Yeah. And if I'm a level four wizard, I roll four dice and I keep rerolling duplicates until there are no duplicates. Okay. And those are the four spells I got because they're numbered one to six. Yeah. I can dump any spell I don't want from my rolled spells to picture to pick the signature spell. And that's that. That's that's how you get your spells. So, the spell that you love that you always pick from the lore for the guy you may not get. Mm-hmm. Now they did have a rule back in eighth where uh, you don't reroll duplicates. If you got duplicates, you just got to pick. Oh, that's right. That's gone. There is no right. more just pick, which is rough. Because uh, your your wizard may not get the, the 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 big spell that you really want him to have, so mm-hmm. that's how you get them. Now there's six types of spells and yeah. eight. There's six types and eight lores. It's it, it, there's a lot here. 
Yeah. Um, the types just list what type of spell it is, and that tells you when you can cast it. Mm-hmm. Um, they have enchantments, hexes, conveyance, which is movement, magic missiles, magical vortex, and assailment. What does all that mean? Who cares? It's just the different type of spell that you can do, and that just determines when it happens. Yeah, then there's some bound items that you can use, like yes. magic rings and wands and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, jeez. Okay, so how do we cast this? Now, it does say in here when you can cast them. And if anybody cares, yeah. you have four phases. Strategy phase, movement phase, shooting phase, and combat phase. Mm-hmm. Okay, Enchantments and hexes happen in the strategy phase. Strategy phase is sort of like the uh, hero the phase. The hero phase. It's yeah. kind of like the hero phase. It's got some differences, but it's like the hero phase. Yeah, it's new for this edition. So you can chant, cast enchantments and hexes. Mm-hmm. In your movement phase, you can... Uh, cast conveyance spells, because those are spells that move you around, so that's when you cast them. In the shooting phase, magical missiles and magical vortex, because it's shooting. And then assailment spells can be cast when a wizard fights during the combat phase. Yeah, You can only cast each of your spells once per turn. If you're fleeing, you can't cast spells. If you're engaged in combat, you can only catch cast assailment or range self spells. Yeah. Okay, so first, now they've got to be within your vision arc, so they've got to be in your front, that 90-degree arc in the front. They don't have to be in line of sight, but they've got to be in front. Yeah. Um, You can't... In range, and you can't target spells in combat. Right. Uh, Target self, you don't need to pick a target because it's you. Some of those are area effects ranging from you, so that's still a you spell. Now... Here we go. I'm going to cast my spell. Now, the spells all have a number, a value that they need to cast. They're kind of high in this game compared to AOS. Yeah, well, because you get to add your wizard level. That's right. So a level one wizard is a novice, and a level four wizard is, uh, is an amazing wizard. Yeah. So I roll my 2d6 and add my wizard level. So, boom, If a level four wizard, the minimum they could cast is a six. Well, they'd still fail. Because natural double yeah, ones double is ones bad. Double ones is a miscast. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then, uh, so if you equal or, or surpass it, you cast it. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. Now uh, there is something called magic resistance, and if you have magic resistance, like in your unit, I think dwarves have a lot of magic resistance. Yeah. Uh, magic resistance, whatever the number is behind it, you subtract that from your casting roll. Mm-hmm. That makes it really simple. It does. Uh, it used to be that you had a ma- you just got you got a you just got a, a number of dice that you could dispel every spell thrown at you. Mm-hmm. But now it's just I, like I thought, so. The next part I thought was interesting. Like dispelling is just every time somebody casts, you get a chance to dispel it every time. Not every time, because you unless need you don't, unless you don't have one. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, if you have a, if you have wizards, they can dispel. Um, but can't they, aren't they limited to how many no. dispels they can do? No. Okay, hold on a second. I thought, oh, let's go over this real quick. Okay, first of all, when you go to cast, if you roll double sixes, that is called a perfect invocation. You can't dispel it. So, yep. Like total power of what it used to be called. Yes. Uh, double ones is a miscast. You There's fail, chart, and then on. you got to roll on the chart. This chart. Yeah, you don't die anymore. Oh, you uh, you probably you could, you you could, but you won't. You won't. There's no like 
Wizard falls down a hole and dies. Well, and they call it Dimensional Cascade, which was Wizard falls down a hole and dies, but they made it much nicer. Okay? Yeah. Basically, you put but you put the five inch template right over your head. Yeah. Now, how do the templates work? Real quick, we'll just explain it because we're talking about it here. Template has a hole in the middle. Whatever's under the hole is automatically hit. Yep. Everything else, every other model under the template is hit on a four plus. Mm-hmm. So it's only half the chance. But if I miscast, I put this template down. If I'm in a unit, that unit's in a lot of trouble. Oh yeah. Because if you're a, if you especially if you're a one wound model, this is yeah. dangerous. Yeah, it's nasty. Right? Because you take a strength ten hit with AP negative four, yeah. which basically means any armor save uh three or three or worse. What's the strength of the hit? What do you mean? On, if you're under the template from that. Strength ten. Is it it's strength 10 if you're under the hole, but when it's a dimensional cascade, it's strength 10 for everybody. Oh, okay. So that's the problem. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, so half those guys are going to take a strength 10 hit, yeah. which, you know, wounds with strength 10, if your toughness is three, it wounds on twos, and it's AP minus four. So unless you have a, I mean, your two-up armor save will become six-up. Everybody else ain't going to get one. Or will you? Because there's, I, I, I get confused about what time things go into sevens, but we'll talk about that later. Because I know there's certain things that can go into sevens, and I thought that had to do with the um, when people are fighting. I could have sworn not about uh, if um, when you're fighting, if uh, you need a save that goes over six. Oh, you just don't get a save. You just don't get one. Do you not get a save? No, you don't. Okay. Um, I thought because I know some of the things once you get to sevens you just need to roll a sixes and then your sixes need to be fours but that's not on armor save okay good right. good to right. know right. Um, the cool thing is they have bound spells which can be like you said in magic items magic weapons mm-hmm. but the, the most favorite thing that I forgot about was the dispel scroll oh yeah dispel scroll just auto dispels unless you rolled the 12 in which case I can't do it yeah um, dispelling is different and I think this is really cool. I like what they did with this quite a bit because this is not the way it used to be. No. Hold on one second. My microphone keeps moving and I'm getting pissed off. I need to tighten up this thing because it's just, it keeps moving away from me every time I touch <laughs> anything. So basically, anytime your opponent casts a spell, you can make a dispel attempt. Not really. Yeah. No, you have to have a wizard. Oh, you have to have a wizard. Well, yeah, I'm not saying yes. so, but uh, uh, d- can they dispel as many as they want? Yes. If one of your wizards will attempt to dispel, get to be in range. Uh huh. So level one and two have dispel range of 18. Level three and four have a dispel range of 24. If you're engaged in combat or fleeing, you can't do it. Okay, was that always like that? Could you always no. dispel all you wanted? Because that seems no. bananas. No. Level remember, like level four wizards could dispel two. Right. And level one and two wizards could dispel one. So there so you could just there are, yeah. Now anytime your opponent if you have a wizard in range and a guy casts a spell, you get a chance to dispel it. If you don't have any wizards, once per turn you can make a faded dispel. That's the interesting thing. So if you mm-hmm. have no wizards, once per turn you can dispel. Uh, it's, yeah. and here's how dispels work. They work like casting. I roll two D six and I add my wizard level. Mm-hmm. So a level one or a level two wizard will add a one or two. Uh, so if you're doing a faded dispel, you're just rolling and praying to God it works, but you get no you get no bonus. 
Yeah, because you can miscast a dispel now. And that's what it says. Once per turn, if you don't have any wizards, able to make a wizard dispel, or if you wish to avoid the risk, you could try a faded dispel. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, dis. Okay, so uh, if your dispel's more, or e- uh, if it exceeds the casting rule, so you got to beat it. If you beat mm-hmm. it, you beat it. If you're equal or less, you don't. Yeah. Um. So sometimes you're just done. Okay. So uh, if you if you roll a natural double six when unbinding, that's a perfect unbinding, and it happens. Right. Which is crazy because if I rolled an eleven with a level four wizard, that's a fifteen. But a perfect a twelve <clears throat> auto does it. Yep. Uh, double one. Now here's the thing: if you roll a double one on your Mm-hmm. Dispel. You roll on the miscast chart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this might be the reason because it, it does a single hit. Uh, mm-hmm. Strength 10, AP 4. So it's one damage. So yeah. if your wizard is getting weak, you might be like, nope, I'm not trying with him because you could hurt yourself trying to dispel, yeah. which was not a thing before. No. There's I like that a lot. 32 chance, right? Of doing that. Um,. It talks about when spells expire. There are remains in play spells. Now, mm-hmm. hey, I had a question because uh, I never use uh, I never use um, what are the fancy spells for uh, endless agents? spells. I never use endless spells. Mm-hmm. I never have points left for them. If I cast an endless spell and it, it's out there and it's still in play, mm-hmm. doesn't that affect something about how I can cast or what I can do? Can't I cast one less? spell no. while that's out in play or something like that or is that an old no. rule? As soon as that spell is cast, you can cast another one. If you're a two cast wizard, you can cast endless spell and another spell. You, can never, on, you, can't, you can't cast two endless spells. Though. You cannot cast more than one endless spell in a turn. Correct. You Can you have more You can you have more than one endless spell going at the same time? Yes. Uh, from the same wizard. I cast one this turn, it's still in play. I cast another one next turn. It's still it's in play. That's what I don't know. <laughs> I you know, it so. doesn't, I believe doesn't, you can't. See, I thought something about it took up one of your slots if you had it still running out there because you had to keep it going. I, I could be crazy. I don't use them, so I don't know. Um, but it does say the remains in play spells, basically they end when either the caster is slain or just decides to yeah. end it or if it leaves the battlefield. You can try to dispel it when it's cast, and if you fail, you can try... Um, you can try to dispel them during their uh, their their magic phase. So if I fail to dispel it uh, right when he casts it, on his next turn when he's going to cast spells, I can try to dispel it then again. Yeah. Unless he does now, if he does a perfect summoning, rolls a double six on a remains in play spell, I can't attempt to dispel it when he casts it. But on his next turn, I can. Right. So if you get double sixes on a remains in play, it's not just there forever. I right. just can't stop it while I'm doing it. And there we go. That's all the basic ideas of the game. We haven't gotten into the turn sequence. We haven't gotten into any rules. That's just the basic concepts of the game. Dear Lord. <laughs> so let's talk turn sequence. You have four phases Yeah. in your turn. Strategy, movement, shooting, and combat. Okay, strategy phase is a lot like the hero phase. Mm-hmm. 
You got your start of turn stuff, anything that happens start of turn. Commands, any of your wizards or characters who have special things that happen at the strategy phase, this will be when it happens, you know? Yep. Um, and then this is when you cast uh, enchantments and hexes. Yeah. The only real difference between this and the hero phase, I mean, other than we don't have, like, you don't have certain things we do, is that rally fleeing units. Yeah, they if, don't do, yeah, they don't have that kind of stuff. If you're new to the if you're new to fantasy and only played AOS, ra- fleeing rallying units is is a thing because at the end of a combat phase, the loser basically all, has a, g- a good chance they're going to run. I think you rally your troops at the in your strategy phase. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. but you do it now. But it, mm-hmm. it, when you lose combat, there's a chance you will run. Oh yeah. And then if any any ta- any anyone that's fleeing, this mm-hmm. is where you get a chance to rally them and stop them. Um. So, basically, you got to roll under your leadership on two dice, equal yeah. to or under your leadership. I'm sorry, on two dice. Yeah, and there's some caveats to that. But. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. If you have less than half your models that you started with, you're at minus one. Mm-hmm. If you're at Less than twenty five percent of the models you started with, you only rally on a double one. Yeah, which is crazy because if you don't rally, you just keep running. I mean, your units are fleeing; they got broken in combat and they're running away. Yeah, and there's, there's probably some spells or something that can auto. Oh, sure, things. sure. There's got to be absolutely. I haven't really looked yet, but I mean, that's the strategy phase. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Sort of clean up, make sure you know what you're doing. Heroes that can do their special things do it. Wizards cast their magic. And then um, if anyone's running away, try and stop them. Very good. Movement phase. This is the hardest thing to explain on the radio. <laughs> yeah, this is the heart of the game. Um, and it's it. we're not going to do it justice. I'm telling you guys right now. I mean, there are... I mean, basically... There is... You you have your guys. You can move them. You can yeah. march, double your move. If you're in marching formation, you can triple your move. Um, that's well, how you get around. That's how you get around. Yeah. Well, let, let's keep it. Let's keep it in order on the book, so I don't get lost again. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. we got it's literally 16 pages <laughs> on basic movement. Remember, these are the basic rules. 16 pages for movement. Okay. So how do we start the movement phase? We've done our spells. We've done our rallies. Declare charges. First thing is declare charges. Yep. Okay. You declare a charge, and I think you declare all of your charges. One yeah. at a time. Yeah, yeah, one. but you declare them all. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they declare their reactions after you've declared all your charges, I think. I don't think it goes one to one. Yeah, once all charges have been declared, all charge reactions have been resolved, then you start moving your chargers. This was so muddy before, now it's really cleaned up, which is good. Yeah, because you used to be able to do shenanigans where mm-hmm. you could you could try to for and what's interesting here is because like I would charge and then you your guys if I charged if your guys fled, then that would open up another charge so I yes. could declare a different yes. charge. Now I have what, to declare all my charges. Right. Because bef- yeah, because before you you resolved them as you did them. You said, I declared this charge, and you resolved that charge immediately. And then you declared your next charge and resolved that immediately. Now you declare all your charges at once, all your charge reactions at the same time, and then you move your chargers. Which makes it a lot cleaner. 
it's, it's like it's a lot cleaner. It's a lot different because yeah, because you're right. It used to open up all kinds of crazy stuff. Like yeah, like when you would like flee with like 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 you know light cavalry can flee, and then it would open up this chain this charge, and these guys would redirect into that unit. Oh god, it was all kind of crazy. So. Uh, yeah. Now, if you're already in combat, if you're fleeing, or, or if you rallied, you can't necessarily charge. If you're in a marching column, mm-hmm. you can declare a charge but not make a charge move. I don't even understand how that part works at all. I, I, I get confused, all right? Yeah. Uh, you can't declare an impossible charge. Yeah, if it's okay. over your maximum charge distance. Um, it does say, yeah, note if an obstruction is another unit and there's a chance that the intervening unit will move out of the charger's way before the charge is completed, the charge is possible and can be declared. Mm-hmm. So I can see them. It's like if I know that guy might run, I can still try to declare a charge for the guy behind him. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily impossible. If you don't right. run, then I'm sort of stuck. Yeah, there's some kind of crazy stuff in here when you get to charges. Like They're, they're much more generous with charging now. Oh yeah, they they have adapted from a couple of different rule sets I've seen. Especially, it it seems like a, there's a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff in here. You there's charge, like, okay, you moved you, in now, you got to kind of back up. You can charge through your own dudes sometimes. That's sometimes. a rare occasion. <laughs> yeah, I think it's mostly through skirmishers. No, you can if if if, if there's a, if you have if you have if you can wheel to if you oh wheel, if you can wheel around then, them yeah if you but but not even wheel around if you if there's a unit in front of you and you're behind them. And you can wheel and not hit that unit with your wheel. You can charge through like the back corner of your own unit to hit a unit that's in to the side of them, and then wheel in. Okay, you know what? I that makes I don't understand that at all. I'm not yeah, certain. Yeah, I don't know what page it's on. It's it's in here, but once again, it's I, in here. It's like we're whew. getting in the weeds. Yes. Um. Okay. Normally, you can only declare against a single unit, but if you can't, like if the way they're lined up, you'd hit multiple units with your charge. You can do that. The game basically wants to let you charge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's much more generous. Now, once I've declared all my charges, you do decla- you declare a reaction for each target. Okay? So this is before I've even done anything. You say what you're going to do. So you can hold, which means, okay, I'll, I'll just stand here and fight. Mm-hmm. Stand and shoot. Yep. Which, you know, they're going to shoot at you while you charge. Um, yeah, no, no, no command points here. No nothing yeah, weird. You just if pick you have a choice. Weapons, stand and shoot. And then there's also flee. I can choose to run away. Yeah. Okay. Now, the thing with if you hold, it's just like normal combat. You're just standing there waiting, except the charge. Stand and shoot means that you have some weapons. You take a penalty. Um, it's minus one. Or minus one to shooting or something like. That. But you can shoot at them. Um, fleeing is interesting. You draw a straight line from their center to your center. And then you just can basically turn your unit. You pivot it around the center until it's facing directly away from where that line's going. So the, the direction that line's going is the direction you have to go in. Mm-hmm. And then you just roll uh, and flee. Now, what's interesting is, um, let's say I flee and I roll really poorly. Mm-hmm. And your charge still catches me. Yep. Gone. You're gone. There's yeah. no combat. You're running. You just got cut down. Mm-hmm. And this basically happens every time you flee. If the if you're in combat and you lose the combat and you break and you flee, yep. they can choose to try to run you down. They roll the dice. If they roll and catch you, your unit just is gone. Yeah, if they roll eagle to or higher what you fled, that's it. It's I forgot I forgot how far you can charge in this game. It's a lot. Well, it's it's not as much as it used to be. 
it's a little different. Um, but I like I like how that is. So so you can measure, you can pre measure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how far away is your charge range? Okay. Yeah. Uh, your charge is based on your movement. So if your movement is five, that's your base movement, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so oh, then, two dice. They roll two dice. You roll two dice, and you pick uh, this. I like this too, because it used to be you just rolled two dice. Uh, that yeah. was when it came into the random movement, completely random movement. Your old charges used to just be twice your movement. Remember that the old old charges. Right? I was like seventh the, ed. So, so if I your movement's was, five, I, I think I think that was sixth edition. That was still seventh. Was it? That was the first edition I played. So if I know okay. the rule, okay. it can't. It okay. has to be it. Okay. Yeah, it was double your movement. But yeah. then you couldn't pre-measure. No. So you had to eyeball it and be like, am I within 10? And then you'd measure, and then it would be a 16th of an inch too far, and then yeah, you'd I'd... fight for 10 minutes. Yes. Um, so I thank okay, God so you can pre-measure edition, and agree. Eighth edition, they brought in random the, charges. The, the, roll, the roll, yeah. So it was 2d6, and that was it, right? <sighs> it was. I think it was... Or was it 2d6 plus your movement? Nah. I think it was 2... I know. That was too far. It was just 2d6, because you could roll a two-inch movement and be like, God bless America. It was 2d6, wasn't it? Because you only had to stay an inch away. Remember, because now you, you did have, But there was swift strike. Oh, gosh. I don't... I, you know, I could, I, do you want me to look it up, or do no, we not care? Okay. No. <laughs> Absolutely I can't, I can't not. can't believe I don't remember how 7th edition charging, or 8th edition charging worked. That's I terrible. thought it was 2d6, because remember, you only had to be an inch away from units back then. Don't don't go. I mean, we don't have to go look it up because it doesn't really matter. But no, you're right. So they they fixed it here. It's so elegant. They did. So when I'm charging, I have my movement plus I roll two d six and I pick the the long the the biggest number. Mm-hmm. So if I'm ten inches away and I got five inch movement, I roll my two d six. One of those dice better be a five or a six. Yeah. Now if you fail the charge, you still move forward. You just move the number on the roll. So on that 10-inch move, I got a 5-inch movement. I roll my two dice. I don't roll a 5 or a 6 on either of them, so my high die is only a 4. That's not enough to make the charge. I move forward 4. I, it just goes without my uh, movement. So there's your charge move. Now, um, units that fail to rally back in the strategy phase keep running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they run off the board, they're dead. If they leave the game, they're dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's other types of movement in here, but that's the charging and the here other stuff. Okay. What is it? Unit's charge range is the sum of its move value and a two d six roll in inches. So it's it is your movement plus two d six. Yep. So a guys with a oh see that's right. So guys with a five inch movement have a seven to seventeen inch charge range. Yeah. But yeah, but you'd have to. Can I roll that dice that long? Yeah. So now it's now, now it's, it's your movement plus one d six. The highest of the two dice. You got to get in a lot closer. What's really yeah. cool is if there's certain types of charges. If they're disrupted, or if yeah. you're charging, th- there's something called disrupted charges where you're either charging through terrain or charging around stuff. Yeah. So how do they figure that? Minus. I think if it's difficult terrain, I think it's like minus one to your movement. Mm-hmm. And you pick the lower D six, right? So the mechanics are the same. It's just your dice pick, yeah. So which what, is great. Yeah. So it has a really long charge range. In this game is cavalry. Anything with swift stride is it's a lot because you get to roll an extra die and. Oh yeah. Now we haven't covered all the movement. We've just covered charging. Yeah. 
So we got the charge moves, the compulsory moves, and then the remaining moves. Compulsory moves is sometimes when you have to move stuff. Fleeing units. Stupidity. Stu- yeah, stupidity where they stumble forward. Then you get remaining moves, which is the very end, and this is just like your normal movement. Yeah. So you move your movement. Normal move is just your movement, whatever your movement stat is. So four. movement four, move, unless you're a dwarf, and then you move three. Right. Um, march. You can march. You move double. Yep. Now, here's an interesting thing. I forgot about enemy sighted. <laughs> yeah, eight, so within eight inches. If your, enemy, if your enemy is within eight inches of you, you have to pass a leadership test to march. Because honestly, if you're marching, you're not charging, which means you're just basically running past the enemy. And no enemy is just going to let you run past them. So a lot of your guys don't want to do that because you should be charging, right? I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, especially if they're within eight, because if your basic movement is four... All you need is a four on a four or better on two dice, like a, a single one of them has to be a four or better. You know, yeah. So enemy sighted is interesting. You know, now what is also interesting is so I decide I want to march. Now you can move within eight inches of enemy. There's no question. Mm-hmm. But if you want to march and move double, you got to try the leadership test. If you you'll fail definitely it, wa- you'll definitely be wanting to do that because you want to get like, which I should be like your cavalry. You want to, like, move behind things. Yeah, you want to get around stuff, right. Mm-hmm. Now, if you fail the leadership test, they refuse to march but can move normally, mm-hmm. okay? So they can just move their normal movement, but it still counts as having marched, even if you even if you decide I'm not going to move at all. Yeah. You marched. You gave the order. You marched, which affects a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, maneuvers. You can wheel, turn, move backwards. There's a lot of rules yeah. on movement. There's yeah. some interesting stuff here. You can move off the edge of the battlefield now. Yes, you can move within an inch of stuff. Remember when you couldn't move within an inch of terrain? Yes. That was... Thank God, thank God that is gone. Yes, because I tell you what, I played against Chris Yu, and we would just make sure to put our... You can't be within an inch of my unit, and you can't be within an inch of that terrain. Yeah. So I'm five inches from the terrain, so there's no way your unit can squeeze through there. So you've I've basically just blocked off a movement lane for you, a huge one. Yeah, so now you can wheel your unit... If a corner of your unit, like a couple guys, like go off the corner of the battlefield, you can just go. It doesn't matter. Yes, you used to be able to railroad stuff and be all terrible and make yeah. people so they couldn't move. You could pin them in the corners and they couldn't pivot. Uh huh. <laughs> it is perfectly acceptable for a corner of a unit to cross the edge of the battlefield, provided it's able to end its movement completely on the battlefield. Remember pivoting? You can still pivot. Well, you couldn't Sometimes. pivot before. In piv- you, you could not pivot in 8th edition Warhammer. Oh, You really? were not allowed to pick up the model and put it in a different position. You actually had, had to, like it was wheeling around. Now it right. says you just you just pick it up, spin it on center, ignoring the presence of other units and terrain, and just... Oh, that's, so you that's if you can pivot. That's not one of your six maneuvers, though. That's just it's, sometimes it's right here. It's it's on it's on. It literally reform. says it's not a it's not one of the movements, though. Sometimes the rules will tell you to pivot. Yeah, but that's not one of your six maneuvers. That's something different. Well, like yeah, like I think I'm just like, saying there's six maneuvers. Yeah, like, well, and the war machines. It, war machines. The big one was the steam tank. Remember? Yeah, because it could just pivot. The steam tank. It doesn't count as your any part of your movement. Right. But it, it used to. Remember, you used to reel railroad steam tanks. Sure. It was, ter- it was terrible. Or what you do is because you could they, pivot. So I would put them yes. right up as far as yep. I could on the board, but I would put them yep. sideways. Yep. And then I would pivot around the center, so now my front is two inches past where that starting is because I've pivoted, then I can move. Yeah, that's gone. 
Thank God. So the turning is really <laughs> weird. Turning is really weird. Yeah. You can use a quarter of your movement to turn 90 degrees or half your movement to turn 180. Now, if you turn 180 degrees, you're basically just spinning they had, the model. They, of, had, you know, they had this before. But but when if you if you turn 90 degrees, if I'm five wide and three deep, suddenly I'm three wide and five deep. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. I don't remember that at all, but I believe it. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Um, move backwards. Uh, you can you can only move backwards half, half move. your movement. You can move yeah. sideways half your movement. So yeah. you can just shuffle directly to side. Now, what was the big thing with? Um, remember, I don't I don't see that in here anywhere. Um, the conga line shenanigans, where you'd have a unit like one wide, you know, ten guys one wide, and then you would like. Maybe because you'd end up like moving like five times as far. Oh as no you no no! What they did that was to get into terrain. If right? you could reform, what they would do is they would re, they would you would you would be ten wide and one or ten or fifteen wide and one deep, right? Yep. Yep. Then you could do your pivot or your reform, so you'd spin around the center. Mm-hmm. So your guys that are five out there are suddenly shoo! Now you've gone from across yep. the board horizontal to vertical. Yep, and then you reform into regular ranks, and you basically mm-hmm. would just zoom all those models from the back rank mm-hmm. would zoom up to the front, like get all that extra movement, and that yeah. that was nonsense. That's gone. Is that gone? I don't think you can do that anymore. Why would prevent you from doing that in these rules? Uh, well, because half of that shenanigans proved <laughs> the reforming and then moving and then reforming again, and you can only do one of these per turn. Mm. You can only do one of these actions per turn. So you can okay. wheel, you can turn. But like I was looking at the turn, and I'm like, well, I could turn a quarter and then redress the ranks and be five wide. You can't. You can't turn 90 degrees and then redress the ranks. You can only pick one of these per turn. I think that's gone, and I'm glad that's gone because that was the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. During, I had that done against movement, me. Oh, I, but the big one was, remember, like wood elves would do it. They'd be like a big line, and then they would turn, and then they'd, have, they'd move five inches or th- whatever, and the first two guys would get, or the first dude would get to a building, and, and then, then the whole, whole yeah, unit right, yeah. would go into the building. You're right. like, what the heck? I have my unit stretched out to 12 inches long. They've got five yeah. inches movement, but I did a reform pivot, so I spun those guys way out, and now they could reach, and I moved, and they touched the building, and I had to do my regular movement, but mm-hmm. now that one guy's in the building, the whole unit's in the building. So the guys that are 20 inches back there or whatever suddenly yeah. fly up in the building. That's out. I don't know if that's out. I don't. Oh, no, here it is. Regardless of the maneuver performed, no model can move more than twice its movement characteristic. Yup, yup. They got, they got, I knew they got rid so, of it because yeah, that so, was stupid. That was horrible. That was people really playing the rules, and I hated yep. it. And I, I hated it when they did it because yep. I just I tried not to do it because it was so against the spirit of the game. Yeah. And I, look, if you're a person who did it, I'm not knocking you. You're just a horrible human being, and I hope you burn in hell. Well, like, um, literally, like literally, page 125. Has yep. has fixes three of the biggest shenanigans of yep. Warhammer Eighth Edition: the ends of the world, the pivoting rule, and then the first paragraph of maneuvers. Yeah, it's like it's like no, no, and no. no. Yep, don't be a jerk. Um, redressing the ranks is interesting. Um, you can use half your movement to add or deduct up to five models from the front rank. Yeah. So your front rank could be five wide and. You know, it could be like 20 models, five wide, four deep, suddenly becomes... Because once you redress the front rank, then everything just redresses. That's half your movement to do that. Mm -hmm. 
So you can go from five oh, wide yeah. and multiple deep to go wider, or you can go back. You can go from ten wide, one. Yeah, so the, right. So this is what this is fixing. It's going to stop people from being in like fifteen wide units. Well, I mean, it's also going to help pull things, help you pull things back together. I mean, it's half your movement to do it. You know. Yeah. Exactly. And it's up to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we'll get into this later, but one of the things I remember the most from 7th edition was having units 7 wide. Mm-hmm. Because the most because your units had to be 5 wide to get rank bonuses, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you had the extra points and you made your you, you took a unit of 21 and uh-huh. made three ranks of 7. Yeah. Because those corners on the two were touching. Mhm. I got seven guys who could attack to your five. Oh, yes. So there's a lot of that stuff. So you can reform these sizes in here with half your movement. Yes, yes. That's just smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some really great stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't understand, I guess I don't, maybe I didn't look hard enough. But I, mean, I just didn't get to that part of the rules, like when characters are in units. I know it kind of says. It does say like when you turn, your your characters automatically always move right to the front rank. Yeah. Always. Characters and command move to the front rank. If they can't fit, you start putting them in the second rank. I think they they show a picture where one of them is like on just pasted onto the side of the unit. Uh, that I'm not certain about. But I'm, yeah. not, I'm not certain what page we're on for that. Yeah. And finally, you got the reform, which is you just use all your movement. I think yeah, all your movement, and then you can pivot around the center uh, up to 180 degrees and rearrange the ranks and files as required to either change your formation or adopt a different formation. So, mm. reform is all of your movement, but you really get to completely reform. Yeah. And sometimes you do that. Yeah. Now, that's your whole movement. Now, if you just want to turn around 180 degrees, you can just use your turn, which uses a quarter of your movement for each 90 degrees. So you could use mm-hmm. half your movement and just spin mm-hmm. around 180 degrees, right. basically. Right. Right. But reform, because then you can go into other movement, because there's all sorts of formations now. Yeah. Which means things that... All right. So charging, you you, you got to bring as many models into contact as you can. Mm-hmm. Buy the shortest route possible. Uh, you must go in a straight as straight a line oh, yeah. as possible. Like it's I mean it's So this is like this is like remember like all the the tournaments in Chicago area? Uh-huh. There was like the caveats at the beginning of each game. It's like are you are are you gonna are you two players gonna use clipping or are you gonna use sliding? Do you remember that? That didn't come up that often, but, yeah, but it was I remember it was it was like in the tournament packs. Because it was like basically a house rule. Because <laughs> clip uh, the letter of the law, you could clip units. Yeah, I mean, and that so the very corner of my unit can touch the very corner of your unit, where only mm-hmm. one model is touching mm-hmm. one model. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones that can fight. And now I've locked your model in <laughs> yeah. with your awesome unit. Yep. So you have your awesome unit of chaos. You know, chaos right. ultimate warriors of death. Right. Right. And I bring my hobgoblin up, and the little guy touches a corner, and now you yeah. guys are stuck in combat. And and I that, clip your unit. Yeah. See, in this one, they actually show you try to get as many as you can, but you don't have to align perfectly because you might want to charge someone else in there. Right, because the first rule of charging now is a charging unit must endeavor to bring as many models as possible within its front rank into base contact with models in the charge unit. Boom. It says, and then it says here. Usually, after moving the charging unit in a manner described, usually it will leave it and the charge unit in base contact at a peculiar angle. Or with mm-hmm. an odd gap, um, so then basically that that's just closing the get the, the the door. Yeah, closing the door. That was kind of a um, yeah. Uh, oh, 
Uh, let's see. You must endeavor to bring the maximum number of models from both sides into base contact, which will often require some degree of maneuver, blah, 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 blah. You don't have to complete your wheel if doing so would make it make a fail charge or prevent the completion of a charge declared by another unit. So if right. I'm charging two units at your unit, I don't have to pull all those guys in. I can leave room for the other unit. Yes. So I basically, if I because I declare them all ahead of time. So I declare mm-hmm. my first guy's going after you, second guy's going after you. Then you declare your thing. Mm-hmm. But this way, you know, that, that, that just, they're just clarifying. So yeah. if you want to charge up more than one, the whole, you right. have to line them all up would make it impossible. Yeah. Or if there's, or if you hit like the corner of a unit and there's a giant rock in the way of you closing the door, it still counts as a yeah. complete charge. Yeah. And sometimes the enemy has to align to you because there might be some kind of a. And this is yeah, where you need or, the yeah, book because, yeah, yeah this yeah. is on the next couple of pages mm-hmm. and it's all in there and it's just, oh, it gets crazy. Yeah, it does. Um, now, because we're in we're in squares and rectangles, we have a front and a rear and flanks. Mm-hmm. If you, basically, am I in your front, your flank, or in your rear? The answer is where are the most models? If you yeah. use that forty five degree angle thing off of each corner, yeah. where are the most models? If the most model, if I got a unit of ten and eight are in the front, two are in the flank, I'm in the front. If six are in the flank and four are in the front, I'm in the flank. Yep. Okay. Um, if it is still unclear, if you're trying to figure it out and someone's arguing, like it looks like you're splitting half, five and five, maybe you're four wide is, oh, I'm half, I'm exactly half. No, I think this one's here. This one's here. Um, the unit is considered to be in the arc that gives it the least advantage of terms of combat results. So if I'm literally splitsies exactly halfway yeah. between your front and your flank, I'm in your front. Between your flank and your rear, I'm in your flank. So yeah, that's that's good. It, 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 it I love that does, they said that. If you can't figure it out, it's the least advantageous charge. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I guess you could also just agree to roll a d6 with your opponent. You could dice off for it. That's a thing. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of like that whole. Uh, look, if if you can't, it just goes to where it's you know, and it tells you right there to do it that way. So it does. Yeah. Uh, now, if you charge and they decide to flee, you can do two different things. Yeah. You can either keep going after them now. You know, because they have to roll their, they have to flee first. <laughs> yeah. So if they roll to flee and they only flee like two inches and you're close, you could try to run them down. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if there's someone else you could charge, though, maybe they fled and they fled far and you're like, ugh, I'm not going to catch them. Or yeah. I don't want to chase them because that's going to bring me out and put me at a disadvantage. Because right, that's a could, strategy. If, yeah, because now you could open up your flank to. Because I think frenzy is still a thing, isn't it? Oh yeah, frenzy. I don't, know, I don't remember what it does. I don't know what it does in this edition yet. Yeah, we have to check that out. But I remember it used to be they had to charge and they had to run down. And they had to do this stuff, mm-hmm. and you could put stuff in their way to totally just because they were such maniacs charging whatever they saw. Yeah, I used that to get. I would play against Warriors of Chaos, and I would throw a tiny unit of zombies in front of them at a weird angle. Oh yeah, so they would have to charge, then they would wipe out the zombies, and then they had to overrun. Right. Which was a thing where if you wiped out the unit, you could just charge forward and keep charging, keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would angle them at a weird angle, and they would run off the board, which is fine because if you run off the board, then on your next turn, you just come in on the board edge, but that's your movement. Right. So if you could wheel like big frenzied chaos knights who would destroy everything, mm-hmm. I'd get my zombies at an angle in front of them. They would charge because they had to. They'd wipe them out. They'd run off the board. 
and now I just gave up a 30-point unit of zombies or a 50-point unit of zombies. And you're off. Now, on your next turn, you're coming in off the board. That's your movement. You, if I'm not near you, you can't even charge. You're just stuck there for a turn, basically. Yeah. So I could take you out. So then that whole, I mean, I could make your, I could take your guys out of the game for a turn or two with movement shenanigans. I don't know how that still works here, but good I, gravy. I, I feel like that's all part of this, yeah. Now, um, if you pass, if you can redirect, okay, um, like I'm charging your first unit and it flees and it flees really far. I don't think I can catch it. Mm-hmm. I'll try to redirect. If I pass the leadership chest, I can charge that unit instead. Yeah. If I fail it, I must attempt to run down the fleeing unit. Yeah, this was uh, th- redirecting. When did that? I think that came in in. That was a. That was a. It wasn't the original Warhammer. I have no idea. It must have been in seventh because you remember it from the beginning. It wasn't always in in the rules. Yeah. Um. What's interesting is if I redirect, you can't stand and shoot. Because I wasn't charging you in the first place. You weren't prepped for my charge. You can oh, only yeah. hold or flee, which is another bit of strategy. I'm going to charge yeah. those guys, and if they flee, I can charge those guys with guns who can no longer stand and shoot at me. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad little plan. Yeah, it, should, so it says, should it flee, the charge cannot be redirected again. So you can only, re- you can only choose to do that once. Yeah. So you just flee from both units. Bye-bye. So if the first unit flees and I Flee, redirect flee. the second unit flees, I can I then I have to try to run that unit down. Mm-hmm. Uh, charging multiple unit accidental contact. Um, this gets uh, this gets interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, this this is where it gets complicated. I don't want to talk too much about this. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, all kinds. Of, let's just put it this way: all kinds of crazy stuff can happen when you're charging. Yeah, and then they and, explain what happens, and the game. And the game basically is telling you if it looks like this unit I accidentally charged that, then just put them in combat. Just do it. Yeah. It's basically what it says. Yeah. Uh, if you accidentally clip a fleeing unit when you're trying to charge, you just wiped out that unit and you're done. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Uh, if you make accidental contact with a movie that's an enemy that's not fleeing, uh, you just redirect it into that unit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But there's a lot of different stuff. Now, oh, if you're God. fleeing, yeah. Now, fleeing is actually pretty interesting because you don't just back away. You literally draw a line from their center to your center, and that line is the direction you're fleeing. You will yeah. pivot your unit to face exactly that direction, and you will flee the number of dice you rolled. I remember when no one knew that. That they would just, just flee straight back, but not yeah. in the right yeah, there direction? Was, there, was, there was no clear rules on this at one point. And then when they did put it in there, nobody realized what it was. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, what? Now, fleeing is, is its own special danger. Like I said, we've already said, if you get caught fleeing... Yeah, you're dead. You're dead. But if I flee, I might run through an enemy unit. Every model that runs through an enemy unit, I have to roll a die for them. And mm-hmm. it's not like dangerous terrain. We're on a one, you take a wound. On a, You need to roll a four up to be yeah, a safe. Yeah peril test so now if you got a unit of 20 that's fleeing and only like one part is fly is rut is going through the unit only the models that actually pass through the enemy unit have to take the test but half <laughs> Fleeing, of them are gonna die fleeing through enemy units it's crazy yeah you're just running and then these guys mm-hmm. happen to be there so they just take the opportunity to slice up some of your guys <laughs> yeah fleeing through enemy units fleeing through terrain uh fleeing through terrain if it's dangerous terrain um it's different if it's okay. 
if it's uh, you have to take dangerous terrain tests if you're going through dangerous terrain. Okay. Uh, a fleeing movement moving through difficult and dangerous terrain without suffering the okay. So they don't take the negative modifiers to their movement, but they yeah. got to take a dangerous terrain test. If you hit impassable terrain, you pivot around its center in order to now move around it by the shortest possible route. Yeah, you just go around it. So if there's something impassable, you try to move around it. This is it, all. This is all. This is all. This part here is all cleaning up old stuff that they yep. never. They, they didn't never, explain this stuff that well. Explained any of this stuff. Ever. Now they're explaining it. Uh, you can only flee once. Yeah, that's a new one. If you if you fled once and you have to flee again in the same turn, you just cannot pivot and your flee is zero. So yep. um, they did keep the rule, though, if I flee and now, like, let's say my movement would stop me on that unit I was fleeing through, that enemy unit, I do move one inch past it. Yeah. And there's actually an example saying if, if there's a call, if you've got a bunch of guys in a row and I keep running, like, you could take... You could flee through three different units. Like, mm-hmm. he's got a unit, and I flee through it, but I have to be an inch past him. Mm-hmm. So that takes me to another unit. Then I have to go past them. So you just keep moving. I mean, it brings up a whole new strategy. If you can get guys lined up and have a guy force yeah. them to flee through it. and like sometimes- a unit of, Yeah, put it like a unit of skirmishers behind something. And it's like, okay, I broke your unit, but I didn't catch you. But you just fled through my skirmishers. All your dudes now have to take a peril test. Well, every dude that goes through it. So depending on where they go through, if part but of I the mean, unit, like, yeah. But like, but like a loose formation of skirmishers, if you line it up right, it, they're going to have the It might be pretty wide, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're fleeing from multiple units, you flee from the one with the highest unit strength. So that's yeah. where that unit strength comes into play again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you can't flee again. So if you have to flee, you'll get run down. Yeah. No matter. You can only flee one. Yeah. Only make one flea move per phase of the game. Right. Now, we've yeah. as we've sped through a lot of it, we're almost done with movement. There are a couple of things. Now, um, what's interesting here, this is all new, and I like this. Okay? The give ground oh, and yeah. fall back good. in good order. This, this is brand new. The losing unit falls here. back in good order. See, this is where I don't exactly understand when that happens and when they give ground. Okay. Like, how do we know when each of these things happen? I'm not certain. So. This is why we're talking through it, because parts get confusing. (laughs) But, okay, so give ground is your best thing. You just move literally two inches back. Yep. Okay. And then the the winner can follow up or not follow up. Right. So that's if you lose. That's the the least thing that's going to happen if you lose combat. You're going to move two inches straight back, but... You have to stop if it would bring you into a contact with another unit or within another. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's here. So yeah. if there, if so, break test. If the result of the natural roll is higher than the unit's leadership, the unit breaks and flees. Oh, here if we go. The, if the result of the natural roll is equal to or lower than the unit's leadership, but the modified result is higher than the unit's leadership, the unit falls back in good order. If the modified result is equal to or lower than the unit's leadership, or for the roll is a natural double one, the unit gives ground. Okay. All right. So if it's not okay, so if it's not a draw, you take a break test. Two d six modified by the difference between the combat scores, like you said. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after we make the adjust, so I roll my two d six. I make the adjustments. I lost by five. Okay. Let's just say I lost by five. And your my leadership, leadership is, is seven. Seven. You lost by. Oh, let's five. say I lost by three. Let's just okay. make it something smaller. My leadership okay. seven. I lost by three, so I need to roll a four or less on four two d six. So okay. if the modified result on your roll is equal to or lower, um, 
then your leadership. Or right? it's so a natural double, double one. You one. give ground. Okay. Right. So if I pass, I don't just stay in combat. I no. will back up. So there is yep. no more just staying. See, now, no. you used to stay in. If you pass the Correct. leadership test, you stayed in combat. That's right. where I got confused. Yeah. So if you make it, you just give ground. You move back two inches. Okay. Right? Yes. If, if it's if the natural is eagle tool or lower than the unit's leadership, so your leadership is seven, but you rolled a six and you needed a four, you're going to fall back in good order. And that's because it's... that's the, It's higher. It's, it's, hi- lower, it's lower than your natural you, leadership, your regular leadership of seven, but it's still higher. Okay. So I failed the, the roll, but it's still result. better than my natural leadership. So then yes. I fall back in good order. Correct. Okay. And if if, you, if you roll like boxcars, sorry, you're going to run. So uh, that is just if you're higher than your leadership, your natural yeah. role. So that's yeah. interesting. So the modified role mm-hmm. makes it a fail. Yeah. Okay. So what this is helping with, I think, is this is compensating for the lack of step up. Aha. Okay. Makes sense. So if I pass the test, I give ground. Mm-hmm. If I fail the test, but it's still better than my leadership. Yeah. I fall back in good order. Yeah. If I fail the test and it's higher than my leadership, then I just, then I'm yeah. gone. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Now let's say, what does that mean? What does so, that mean? Fa- so, so falling back in good order um, is you move directly away from the unit, the highest unit strength, uh, as it says on page 134. Yes. So fall back in good order. Um Exactly like a fleeing unit with the following exceptions. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Give ground. I'm, I'm sorry. Let's go back to give ground. God, I'm feeling so stupid here. Yeah, this this is all new. So if I, like I said, I passed the test. Yep. But I lost the combat. I give ground. I move yep. two inches directly away from the enemy unit. Yeah, you just back up. Just beep, back beep, beep. up. Yep. Uh, stopping immediately should it come into contact with another unit or terrain or if continuing to move would bring me within an inch of an enemy unit. Now, yep. if I'm fighting more than one unit... You back away from the unit with the highest unit strength. So what if I got one in the front and one on the flank and the highest unit strength in the front? Do I, I back up, but am I still touching no, the one I, I in the think, flank? I think, I think you don't move at all. I think you don't move at all then because it right. says until you come in contact with another unit and I Correct. am in contact with another unit. Correct. All right. Uh, so that's... But give ground is interesting because if I so, back up, then my opponent, like you said, can choose to follow up and just yep. keep in, or they can stay. Or they can stay. If you charge me and you lose the combat and you give ground, mm-hmm. that gives me the opportunity, especially with Cav and stuff that gets bonuses yes, for charging exactly. to charge. Yep. Absolutely. So that's a really interesting yep. piece right there because it does, it, it causes a lot of. Right, Different because lances, can happen. lances give you a strength bonus when you charge. Right, or, or a uh, and a, bo- a bonus. Or what if charge. what if I'm charged by you and you're and I've got those like the stuff that's extra defensive, like the lances get a bonuses oh, yeah. for when you're yep. when you're standing and holding. Yeah, so that's, if you manage yeah. to beat a unit with like spears or something, and you make them give ground. You want to keep in contact. Yeah, you want to follow up because you don't want to charge them because right. that's when they get their or bonuses. All right, yeah, something like that. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so fall back in good order is. You run, you fall back in good order, you roll 2d6, discard the lowest result, um, and then you automatically rally. So, and, and rallying means you get to, you get to reform and, and face the way you want. So basically, uh-huh. if you, you don't want to flee from them, flee from them, because they don't want them running you down. 
Yeah. So you basically move back like you were fleeing, but at the end you just turn and face them again. It's like falling back. It's 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 kind of like giving ground, just more. Yeah, you just more. Um, oh, and then plus, the enemy the enemy can choose to run after you. Right. And then if they hit you, you're not dead. You're not dead because they're just in com- you're still you in combat. They rally immediately. They just run into you. Um, charge, keep fighting. Now the interesting thing here is we talked about fleeing and running through enemy units. Mm-hmm. When you flee, if you run through a friendly unit, they automatically take a panic test. Yeah. Because and if you fall back in now, here's the thing. Here's where it gets crazy. Any unit that flees or falls back in good order with every other unit before they move, you measure any unit that is within six inches will see them breaking and will have to take a, a panic test. Yeah. And a panic test is just a leadership test. You got to roll lower than your leadership, lower mm-hmm. than or equal to. Um, I did say in the book, I like the part there says in the heat of combat, falling back in good order and fleeing, the your your friends can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> You're too busy fighting for your lives. I look over and you're running. I'm not here to tell, are you running uh, panicked or are you running, uh, you know, organized running? Running yeah. is running. It's going to cause a panic test. Where's How, the, where, where's that, where's the six inch, where does it say that? Here, Psychology of War, page 160. We'll talk about this okay, right now yeah. since we're here. Okay, yeah. All right. Oh, there we go. So if the test has failed uh, and the unit has, and must either fall back in good order or flee, right? Okay, so, oh, so a panic test. You have to roll under your leadership. If you fail your panic test, yeah, you fall back. In, now, the, how, how do I know if I'm fleeing or falling back in good order? So I'm within six inches of you, and you um, do this. Okay, common causes of panic. Here we go. If you lose 25% of the models, the starting unit, uh, uh, so I've, if I have 20 models in the unit, Okay. If I lose more than a quarter, so if I lose six or more, I have to take a panic test during any phase. Like if you did shooting, you, if suddenly a quarter of my unit drops dead, they may panic. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, that doesn't count for the combat phase because that's figured out in your combat resolution. But if you do it, like if I do a magic missile and I take out half your unit or a quarter of your over a quarter of your unit, they're going to take a panic test during the right. shooting phase. Panic test. Nearby friend destroyed. If a unit with a unit strength of five or more is destroyed, all friendly units within six inches must take a panic test. What page is this? Uh, page 161. Oh, okay. I got to switch to the other. If a unit with a unit strength of five or more loses combat and after making the break test, either breaks and flees or falls back in good order, all friendly units within six inches must take a panic test. Uh, it says... Note, it doesn't matter if the lost combat breaks and falls back. Amidst the clamor of battle, friendly units are seldom able to tell the difference. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Fled through. A unit must take a panic test if a friendly unit moves through it while fleeing. Because you're literally, here I am fighting, and some unit off on my flank is running through me screaming for their lives. So that's, those are the different times you have to make a panic. What's very interesting here is... um, Let's say I have to take a panic test for any reason. Mm-hmm. If more than half of my models that I started with are still in the unit, fail the panic test is fall back in good order, which is cool. So you, if, yes. you, if you fail a panic test, you only flee if you have half or less of the models in your unit. So once again, a 20-model unit, 
As long as I've got more than 10 models, I, if I fail a panic test, I only fall back in good order. I don't have to flee. That's good. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff in here about fleeing. This is all, a lot of this is new. Yes. And this is really interesting because we have, and you, you've seen it, I've seen it happen in battles. I get into your flank, you've got your armies moving forward. So you've got unit next to unit next to unit next to unit, just left to right. And I think I, we've played a game where this happened. You might have done some of this to me. Yeah, we so cascade a unit. You hit him, then, yeah, you hit yeah. him in the flank. You win the combat. I have to flee directly from you. Mm-hmm. I move the first. Now, I'm so blocked in that the first unit I run through, I have to be an inch past it, right? Yeah. That puts me into my next unit, into my next unit. Next thing I know, that unit is all the way across the board, and I am taking panic tests for every unit in that row. Yeah, it's horrible. It's it's scary and it's it's a it's a reason to not set up your units like you don't set yourself up for that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of crazy stuff that can happen um, when that's going on, uh, and that's just the movement phase. And like I said, uh, there's still those we didn't talk about conveyance spells. You know that can happen during the movement phase, right? Um, Steed of shadows and yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, a, a unit that enters as reinforcements comes in during compulsory subphase. That's in there. Moving off the battlefield, you can move off as long as you don't end it off the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about difficult and dangerous terrain. Difficult terrain, minus one to your movement. If yeah, you so- end your movement with a quarter or more of your troops in difficult terrain, you're disrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, and can't you can can you march through difficult terrain? Probably not. It doesn't say that you can't. Can you? Yeah. Any part of a train moves, unit moves through difficult terrain, it's a minus one modifier to a movement. It's applied whether it begins it, passes through it, or ends in it. That's all it says. If you have a quarter of your models or more in difficult terrain, it's disrupted. Obstacles like walls and fences, if you stop on top, they're treated like difficult terrain. So you can move over anything that's less than two inches high. Yeah. So you got fences or walls, little walls and stuff like that. You move through it, but you're minus one movement. And if you stop on a wall, you are disrupted. Makes sense. So you can have half my troops in front of the fence and half behind because they didn't all get over yet, but then they're considered disrupted. Uh, Dangerous terrain, you got to (laughs) roll. Going through dangerous terrain, um, you got to roll. You roll a two up, you're safe. But every model that's in the dangerous terrain test on a one, they take a wound. Like water, swamps, yep. whatever. Whatever you decide is dangerous terrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, woods are either difficult or dangerous. Talk about it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And that's about it for movement. Boy, we've gone through. Let's take a quick break. Yeah. Uh, we've been going for an hour and 45. Let's take a quick break. And then uh, we'll come back and we're going to talk shooting. Hey, guys. This is Chris Tomlin from the Black Sun. And you're listening to Garage Hammer. And we are back. Hello. Hey, so, okay. Um, I don't know how long of a break that was. I don't know what I put in there, but I hope you enjoyed your break. Um, all right, so shooting phase. Yeah. Pick a unit, declare your target, roll to hit, roll to wound, make armor saves, remove casualties, and take a panic test. This is actually a, th- probably the simplest step <laughs> phase. Yeah. Um, there are some rules that we should go over but it's pretty much now you can't shoot most units cannot shoot if you charged or marched just like now if you're in combat you can't shoot 
unlike AOS, or if you're fleeing because you can't do anything when you're fleeing except try not to flee. You can't shoot into combat either. Nope. Remember, you used to throw. Uh, you used to be able to throw templates and stuff like that, and then you would have to randomize who got hit. Oh yeah, that got crazy. They dropped that in Eighth Edition, and thank God. Yeah, Skaven, you, you can shoot into combat. Yeah, well, because they don't follow any rules. That's that's what's <laughs> awesome about Skaven. I love I love that. I love that they could shoot in because they don't care. No. So you have to have line of sight, <laughs> like we talked about in one. Of, they got to be in your front arc. You got to be able to see them. Okay. You also yeah. have to be in range. Yeah. So. Um, now it says normally only the front rank can shoot, which is way different than any. That, now, was that always different. was that always it, the way? Uh, as an old rule was yes, only the front rank could shoot, but they changed it in seventh. I think the front two ranks could shoot. See, in I seventh. always played. I always played. I always knew there was multiple ranks because because I remember in seventh, every unit I had that was a shooting unit was in two ranks. Yeah. It was either a unit yeah. of 10 and two ranks of five. Yeah, it used or to be the front rank could only shoot. Now that is the case again. Unless you're on a hill, then two. Does it two say that? Rank. Where's yeah, that? It's, it's, uh, it's on here somewhere. I, must, I missed that because you used to be able to get all sorts of bonuses for your line of sight being on a hill and stuff. Remember when hills mm-hmm. meant something? Oh, they stood now they definitely mean something. Cool. I'm glad I still have my hills. I might have to, oh, I'm going to have to take some of my hills out of the display case at War for Warhammer Club because I put my hills in the display case for the <laughs> units because yeah, I, I never used them. Yeah. So here's the thing. Not every model is going to have line of sight. Mm-hmm. If my model in the front rank does not have line of sight to one of your models, they don't get to shoot. Right. Okay. Uh, you can't shoot if it's beyond your maximum range. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, stand and shoot's the exception. Okay. Uh, now it says normally only models in the front rank can shoot. Some rules allow models in the back ranks to shoot as well, but they have to be they have to have line of sight and they have to be within range. So even if I can shoot from multiple ranks, let's say I can shoot in all my ranks. First rank already shoots. Second rank still in range. Third rank, they're not in range. Right. So they're they're done shooting. They're, or they're not going to get to shoot. Uh, and you only get to shoot. Everybody gets one shot during the shooting phase. No matter how many attacks you normally get, you get one shot. Depends on the profile of your weapon. Does it? Yeah. It says... Uh, most models can only make one shooting attack. The number of attacks a model... Oh, because that's right, because there's there some repeater crossbows and things like that. Yeah, they have, like, two like shots. elves have repeater crossbows. Like, Empire engineers are going to have repeating hands. Right. That kind of nonsense. All right, so um, all of your hitting depends on your ballistic skill. Now, in this game, your average skill in anything, like an average human, is a three. All right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you have a ballistic skill of three, you hit on a four up. And yeah. that adjusts depending on what you got. If your ballistic skill is two, you hit on a five up. One, you hit on a six. Four hits on threes. Five, you hit on twos. So it just gets better, right? It always starts yeah. at a four up from your three. Yeah. If you play this game long enough, you'll have all this stuff memorized. Honestly, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. I just always remember that, you know, basically three, it's a four up, and you adjust from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, um, it's equal, if it's equal, it's a four up. It's one better. It's a three up. If it's two mo- double or more, it's uh, two up. No, not necessarily. Because this is just straight up ballistic skills to hit. So it's just that's the number. In fact, my ballistic skill doesn't have anything to do with your defense. It's just a straight well, roll. I, well, but, yeah, that yeah, but I'm yeah, for wounding, I guess that's Oh, for, yeah, we're talking about yeah. but if your ballistic skill is higher than 5, on the rare occasion it is, you get bonuses. Yes. So on a 5, if my ballistic skill is 5, I hit you on a 2 up. Mm-hmm. If my ballistic skill goes to 6, 
I hit you on a two up. I get to re-roll my misses, but oh yeah, I have to get six. sixes on those. Yeah, and then a seven. You need fives on the re-rolls. You know, uh, eight. So didn't uh, they used to have a, they used to have a yeah, seven plus to hit? That's they still have that too. Yes. If it's if it's modified the other way. Yes. Seven plus to hit means that you only hit on sixes. Normally, if you need a sixes to hit, so a seven plus to hit. And there's so many modifiers. Yeah. You got a six, <laughs> then a seven plus, you need a four. You, so you, you roll your dice. If you need better than a... So this is so great. Sevens to hit. Doesn't mean you can't. It means I pick up all my sixes, and then I re-roll rule. them, and I have to get a four or better. It's such a crunchy rule. It's, it's great. <laughs> and then it's the worst... Thing, now, if you, now, here it is. If you need a 10 to hit, it's impossible. Yeah. Because... Like I said, if I need a seven, I roll all my sixes. Don't necessarily hit yet. They need a four up on a second roll. Right. Eights need a five, and nines need sixes and sixes. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so you're never gonna hit at those yeah, and levels. And I think that like, like shooting, combat, like it. I, I, do you feel like old world Warhammer Fantasy is just? I think it, the game is just less deadly than AOS, right? It seems it seems like it. It's less right, deadly it, than eighth and, and seventh definitely were. Yeah, but there's some because, changes. because this is interesting. But like heroes in this game have two wounds. Lords have three. Monsters mm-hmm. have like seven wounds, six wounds. Yeah, well, it's, and everything does less wounds though. I mean, your yeah, cannonball yeah. does D three plus one wounds to each model. So yeah, yeah. not a ton. Yeah, so everything, it's less deadly, which is yeah. interesting. Well, I mean, it just doesn't have a ton of wounds. Right. Now, right. what's interesting here is. If you take a modifier to hit, mm-hmm. you could need sevens to hit when you're shooting. Yeah. Like I said, if your ballistic skill is two, you hit on fives. A minus two to hit means you hit on sevens. Yeah. So this can happen a lot. Once you get used to it, God, it's simple. Yeah, it is. But there's a lot of numbers thrown out. Um, six, yeah, and it usually goes like, okay, this modifier, this right, so you need sixes and fours. Okay. Yeah. Like now, eight sixes, you know, four sixes and three fours, cool, three hits. Right. Really, it's really not bad. Um, now, stand and shoot, you're at minus one mm-hmm. to hit. And if stand and shoot, that's the only, it's just minus one to hit and that's it. But. Right. And then what's the rule in this game now? Let's say you have pistols, which have like a six inch range, but the dudes who are charging you are 12 inches away. I don't know. I haven't seen any of that, and I'm not even, I don't even want to think about it. I think it's, I think it's in there. I think we're getting that. I I bet you that's into the, at the end of every section, I want to say kudos to the guys who wrote this book, first of all. Yeah. I Um, think that's, I think that's under the charge reactions. I believe it's under stand and shoot. Maybe. And I think think the rule is you just wait. Oh, if you stand, oh no, if you stand and shoot, oh, we're talking stand and shoot, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because they're assumed that if they're charging you, eventually they'll be in range, and you'll wait till yeah. they're in range. So right. I'm I sorry, believe, I thought I believe that's yeah. The, yeah, I believe that that's is the rule. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like at the end of every section they have literally stuff listed as oddball stuff. Yeah, like this is weird stuff that happens during the movement phase that's not necessarily in the basic rules, but here's some stuff that might happen. So right. Okay, so we got it. We figured out who could shoot. We rolled to shoot. Now there are modifiers to shooting, which is where where you could need sevens to hit again. Yeah. Um, and- if you go over them yeah. really fast. It's Move like and shoot. Minus one. Minus one. Okay. Long range. I forgot about this. God, I hated this. <laughs> minus one. So my guns have a 24-inch range. Yep. If I'm shooting at you past the 12-inch mark, 
Uh-huh. I'm minus one to hit because Indeed. it's harder to hit you at a longer distance. I got to be a better <laughs> yeah. shot. Yep. Uh, stand and shoot minus one. Like I said, it's the only one you get. If you uh, target is behind partial cover, a wall. Yeah. Uh, minus one. I'm not certain what the difference between partial cover and full cover is. We'll have to figure that out. And that might be, I think it's, it's how many models are behind cover or something like that. Oh, here. Oh, if up to half the target models are is obscure if, if oh if half the target model shooting at a lone model is obscured or half the models within the target in the unit, unit then it's obscured. partially if more yeah. than half okay so if you've got a unit of 20 and i can see at least 10 of them nine yeah cuz if up to half are obscured so have them it's minus 1 to hit if 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 you got a unit of 20 i can only see three or four guys i'm at minus 2 to hit yeah. if that okay. whole unit is in the woods it's minus 2 yeah cuz that's full cover Cool. Uh, rolling to wound. This oh, I love this chart. I miss this chart. <laughs> <laughs> this is the. This is the. This chart. is different though than the old chart. They've made is some it? changes. Yeah, because before it would get to a certain point. Now it says, okay. First of all, natural ones always fail. Natural sixes almost always wound. Uh, but you compare strength and toughness. If they're equal, it's a four up. Yeah. Okay. If you're one tougher than me, I wound you on a five up. If you're two tougher than my strength, I wound you on a six up. But this is different. It says if oh. your strength is six or more points lower than your target's toughness, you just can't wound them. Yeah, that's different. So strength three against toughness three, I need a fours. Yep. Okay. I need fives against toughness four. I need sixes against toughness five, six, seven, and eight. Toughness yeah. nine and ten, I just can't hurt. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's different. I mean, granted, now, once your strength five is your weapon strength, and sometimes, remember, your weapon strength is strength plus, so a lot of times mm-hmm. it's easy to get to strength five. At strength five, you can wound anything. Yeah. So that's that's nice, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big thing I notice in this is... Um, armor piercing is not modified by strength anymore. No, and that's awesome. Hmm. I love it. Okay, used stuff to be is a lo- stuff is a lot tougher now. Yes, well, it, you okay? It used to be at heavy calf s- is strength boss. three. Strength three was normal, right? Yeah, yeah. And then at strength four, you were minus one to your armor. At strength five, you were minus two to your armor. Yeah. Uh, a lot of old weapons, your strength bonus was only in the first turn. Yeah. So you'd come in with like even when you charge with lances, I get a I get a, a bonus to my charge with my lances, right? Because I'm hitting harder, yeah. right? Yeah. But now it's called armor bane. Armor piercing. Or I think it's called armor bane. Armor bane book, is a different it? rule. Armor piercing is the actual armor piercing. Is that what it is now? Yeah. Okay. So every weapon gets an armor piercing uh, number. So that's just the yeah. automatic negative to your armor save, and yeah. that's just always. So it doesn't matter. It's not, so it's, where's that listed? Like, what's the what's armor the piercing arm? is no longer dependent on your strength. That's in the combat right. phase. We're not quite there yet. Oh, I was gonna say, is it? Well, We're still in the like shooting for, phase. Does it say like what a crossbow is somewhere? Oh, that's in the back. We're not going to get to that till much later. They got all the weapons listed in the back. If you want to go okay. for examples, uh, yeah, hold I on. Just, yeah, it's just a for example. Okay. Uh, where are Pages the weapons? That. Is that uh, way in the back? Nah, it's because it's before all the nonsense, but how to pick your armies and stuff. It's still in the rules, which is in the first 200 pages. Here, uh, not warm. Okay, cro- uh, yeah. Page uh, here, 216, missile weapons. Armor Bane 2. Armor Bane is a special rule. That has nothing to do with armor piercing. 
Oh. That's a special rule. Oh, I always see AP dash. Yeah. So AP dash means they don't have any armor piercing. Uh, handguns, armor well, piercing. Armor bane? armor bane is a special rule that I don't know exactly what it means. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't because I'm, we're, I mean, it, yeah. it, there's a, there's a yeah, long list. Either. We haven't gotten to it. There's a whole <laughs> list of just special rules. Hold on, it's let under me look for univer- it. Universal special rules. Yes, that's before characters, before command groups. Dear Lord, where is this? <laughs> See, there's too many rules. There's a lot of rules. Dude. Okay, I'm finding it. It's okay. Here, armor bane. A model with this special rule rolls a natural six when making a to wound roll. The armor piercing characteristic. Oh, okay, so sixes to wound add armor bane. So if I have an AP two. Ah. A six to wound does AP two plus the armor bane. Okay. Okay, so armor bane kicks it. So that's a perfect wound roll. So crossbows have armor bane two. So okay. if you roll a six when you roll to wound, it's two points off their person's armor. Yeah, so it's, it's it adds two to the AP. Yep. Which is crazy because certain Which is things. Oh, yeah. Because as we're not, not war machines, but uh, let's see. Yeah. So- so, like, heavy cavalry in this game is A lance so comes in. Oh, yeah. A lance, powerful. A lance is strength plus two, so I'm already getting yeah. a better chance to wound. To wound, yeah. AP two, so your armor save just went down by one. Mm-hmm. And if I roll, or armor, armor save just went down by two. If I mm-hmm. roll a six to wound, armor bane one kicks in, which makes the AP now a minus three. Oof. Um, and then yeah. it depends. There's different things with different, you know, some people have no AP. Uh, or they have arm, uh, you know, but the armor bane that comes in, armor bane one with great weapons. Mm-hmm. Great weapons are strength plus two, AP minus two, armor bane one. But they have Ouch. strikes last. Yeah. Now strikes first and strikes last is different. We'll get to that later. I like how strike first and strike last works. Unlike the elves, which always strikes first just meant they always struck first and stopped yeah. you. It's just plus three to your initiative. Mm-hmm. So which, they'll they'll probably fight. They'll probably now, fight first anyway, plus three to your initiative, especially if you charged and you have strike first, that's plus yeah. six to your initiative. Like, yeah, but, it's you, bananas. If, but, if, but if you're like an Empire Knight, you charge a unit of elves, you're probably going to go before them. Probably. Mm-hmm. You know, but and that's where this stuff comes in. So yeah. uh, armor save, you roll a decent, I mean, you always know how to do an armor save. Uh, ones always fail. Your armor value is figured out. Maximum armor value is a two plus. Yeah. Uh, I remember the days when you can get that thing down to a negative one, mm-hmm. uh, which was two, stupid. Yeah, two plus armor in this game is it's nuts. Yeah, like demigri- demigrip knights, empire knights, because they have the they have full plate armor mm-hmm. and a shield, so that brings them down to a two up. And a model that wears no armor should be considered to have an armor value of seven, which means yeah. you need sixes and then fours again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So because I don't think. Uh, Mounts don't give you a plus one anymore. Yeah, that's there's a lot of different stuff to that. A lot of different rules. Okay, so AP just means yeah. So if you have an armor value of five, AP minus one would make it six. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, ward saves you can't you can have more than one save, but you can't have more than one save of the same kind. Mm-hmm. So you have your regular save, and then you so you take your armor save, then you get a ward save. Yeah, your best one you have now. Uh, so all tomb kings have like re- they call they it have like regen. re- regeneration six up. So that's uh that's not a ward save. So you can get your armor save, your ward save, and then your regen save. Yeah. This is where the save rolls get stupid. Um. Okay. So during shooting, 
if that, like I said, if you lose more than 25% of your models, you take a panic test. Okay. Um, and then if you fail the panic test, more than half your models, we already talked about this, more than half your models left, you yeah. just fall back in good order. Less than half your models left and you flee. Yeah. Uh, you only take one panic test during any phase. Right. So if you pass your panic test, you don't yeah. have to take multiples. So you get hit by a stone thrower. Ouch. You lose a bunch of guys. Make the panic test. You make it. Then you get hit by a cannon and a Hellblaster volley gun. You don't have to take two more tests. Yes. Um, oh. Um, so if you have multiple wound, uh, a multiple wound weapon. Mm-hmm. So I do damage two, say, okay? Yeah. And I'm yeah. hitting infantry, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, a model cannot suffer more wounds than it has on its profile. Should a yeah. model do so, it dies instantly, and excess wounds are wasted. Yeah, so it's like 40K. Yeah, so that's that's instant. Some attacks don't inflict wounds, but just remove as casualties. When this it's instant kill, there's no save of any kind unless specified otherwise. So that's just oddball stuff. Um, and now we're getting into the combat phase. How many pages is this set of rules? This is where we're actually getting close to the end of the set of rules. Uh, basic rules. Uh, we could do this. This is only 10 pages, and we can't go through every last bit of it anyway because it gets I mean, crazy. the combat phase is very similar to shooting. It's got the same chart. Yeah. You choose a combat. Now, the difference here between this and AOS is when I pick this unit for combat, yeah. the whole unit does It's not like I fight and then you pick a unit somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. It's all um, initiative based. Yeah. Now, but I pick the combat, you know. So I pick the combat. Isn't that how that works? Yeah, so the active player the active chooses, player chooses combat, combat. And then you start with the models with the highest initiative, you make your attacks, then surviving models with lower initiative fight. Yep. And you pick another one. So I pick the combat and we do the whole combat in this and then I pick all the combats and their order cuz I'm the I'm the guy who's fighting. This is very different than from AOS. Now, who can fight? It's rare that every model can fight. Usually only the models in the fighting rank. I have a question here yeah. real quick. When do you... Do you do all the fights before you start making t- uh, break tests and combat resolution? Uh, choose the com- choose and fight the combat, calculate the combat result, break test, follow up, and pursuit. So that's unit by unit. Huh. Yeah. The active player chooses a combat and starting with the model's nice unit metric. Well, let's read it through here and just see what happens. Because I, I yeah. yeah, because each you go through the whole combat. Why would I fight and then figure out combat resolution for it? Well, later? I'm saying, what if you've got like four different combats going on? The first, I think, the first combat goes from from fight to flight, and then you do the next combat. Yeah, because then you because then you end up with like. These guys are now behind this unit. I got to flee through those dudes and yep. all that kind of stuff. Yep. Okay. Because it doesn't make sense for me to. Uh, we're going to fight here, oh, yeah. fight the, here, yes. fight here, Look fight here. The, yeah, it says right there at the top of the paragraph. The sequence is followed in full for yeah, each combat okay. one at a time. Wow, God, do we more. sound stupid. <laughs> it says right there. Oh, uh, I'm going to fix. Yeah, I've already is been that, marking down where we found stupid, so I'm going to fix this one too. 204. Don't worry about it. You don't think so? Uh, no. I th- th- okay. I didn't know. Is that different? No, that's how it's always been. It's always been like that? Yeah, that's why I was, I was surprised when okay. you asked. I'm like, wait, did I get this wrong? Okay. Yeah, we've always okay. done it that way. I, it's just That was 7th and 8th. Okay. Okay, okay. So usually it's just the... So any model in base contact fights. Yep. 
Okay? And even if you're just corner to corner. Yeah. So if you're five wide and I'm, like I said, I'm seven wide, you get five attacks. Those two guys on the corners that are just touching corner to corner, they get to fight. Yeah. Um, when two opposing units are engaged in combat, any row of models, be it rank or file, that has one or more models in base contact with the enemy is called the fighting rank. Okay. Every model in the fighting rank can fight. So if you're in the front and in my flank, my front rank's the fighting rank. My flank is also the fighting rank. Mm-hmm. Some models are equipped with weapons that allow them to make a supporting attack. Yep. Spear, a supporting attack. You're the guy fight. who's right. You're the guy right behind the model that's fighting. Yep. yep. So in my example, with my five against your seven, mm-hmm. my five guys attack. Your seven can attack, and the the corners can attack, and those guys behind them. So you'd be fighting with fourteen. Yeah. If you have that extra supporting attack. However, supporting attacks cannot be made into a unit's flank or rear, nor can they be made by a model that is in itself in the fighting rank. So, yeah, you're just ne- yeah. So the guys, if you're next to him, like you know, the guy, the corner to corner guys that are fighting, the guy to his left doesn't get to fight because he's got to be behind him. So, and he's in the fighting rank, so he doesn't get to actually fight. Ah, that's a lot of nonsense. Basically. It's only the guys who are touching that can fight. All those extra guys in the back are just ablative armor. Well, I mean, they're that's your unit strength. They get to step right. up. So the more guys you have, the longer that unit's going to stay in combat. There's lots of examples of who can fight where and splitting up your attacks between things. Mm-hmm. Uh, who strikes first? It's initiative. How right. many attacks? It's listed on your unit's uh, stats. Uh, charge they- an enemy in their front. Okay, here we go. Charging an enemy gives considerable advantage. Yeah. Plus one initiative per full inch move to a maximum of three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you get up to plus three in your charge. So I've made a six-inch charge move. I got plus three initiative to this charge. Yes. So you're in, yeah. If you charge in the flank or the rear, you get yes. plus one up to four. Right. So that's a little better. Uh, in certain situations, you might have what's called a disordered charge, and I don't want to go into all that right now. That's we saw that before. If you're moving through yeah. terrain, if you're yeah. going over a wall, that's disordered, and yeah. a disordered charge means you do not gain the initiative for charging. Yeah. So that's where, oh, we have to charge, but there's no bonus because we're climbing over a wall, so we're not getting that, or yeah. running through the trees. We're not getting that uh, that speed built up. Yeah. Uh, if models on both sides of a combat have the same initiative, they will attack at the same time. And so basically how that works is I, I, it's still I go, you go, mm-hmm. but... Um, they just, you just keep those models there. And they yeah, say those they models get don't get count as dead. So. Before, they die. before they die, they get to fight. Yeah, because not every model... Some will be removed as casualties before they have their chance, okay? Mm-hmm. If a model in the fighting rank is slain by an enemy with a higher initiative before it has made it attacks, it does not get to fight back. Yeah. So if you only fight in your front rank and we're five on five yep. and I wipe out, I kill five, five models, yep. you're donezo. You don't get to fight. And this is, Harrison did this to me all the time with his yeah. with his elves. That's why the dwarves, it's like, thank God for armor. Yeah, the seventh edition. This is pre-eighth edition mm-hmm. stuff here. And it was very confusing for me. <laughs> This oh, role, yeah. when I first started playing Warhammer, I did not understand this it, at it, all. It does get confusing. A model cannot fight in a phase that is step forward regardless of initiative. So 
even though I'm taking them off the back and those guys have stepped up, they don't get to attack because they're too busy climbing over their dead friend. Yeah, now I guarantee you there's going to be... Confusion? This rule's, this, this rule's going to get broken all the time with units in the game. Oh, there's a bunch of... Uh, yeah, there's... Right. I mean, depending on your weapons, spears, things like that, halberds, you get... A lot of guys get fighting yeah. extra ranks. Yeah, they're going to be fighting extra ranks. There's going to be all that, like then, the, then there's going to be like some unit that's like, even if this unit's front rank gets wiped out, units that step up still get to make an attack. There's going to be something like that. Right. It's going gonna, gonna to happen. Okay. So you roll to hit. Is your weapon skill against their weapon skill? Yeah. So if it's even... Four up. But here's where it gets a little weird. It doesn't just change instantly. So <coughs> I believe it stays four up until you get to double or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Okay. No, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're one if you're one higher <coughs> than your opponent, you hit on a three. Right. If I okay. So if I'm one better than my opponent, I hit on a three. If I'm two better than my opponent or more, I hit on twos. But <coughs> Usually, usually, if you're if usually usually if you're more than double, you hit on twos. No, I believe that's how it works. Uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Oh, see, it it should explain this. Like, it should be listed, just written, and not yeah. just <laughs> like a four into a two, you still right. hit on a three. But a five right. into a two, you hit on a two. So if if I, okay, I'm gonna talk attacker. So I'm attacker weapon skill four. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, oh, you're right. Okay, so I hit on threes for three and two because yeah, that's okay. All right. Yeah, a lot of stuff in this game has weapon skill two. It has to do with that means, that, means, that, means you're a, that means you're a goblin, yeah. a skeleton. So a, this chart, you know, this chart zombie. is a little harder to get yeah. because if I'm equal or better, mm-hmm. I hit on fours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless you're more than double. If I'm eight. more than double. There's I hit on twos. Yeah, it's the other way. If I'm less than half, so if a a, a weapon skill three, uh, I hit on fours for three because we're even. Mm -hmm. I hit on fours for four, five, and six because he's more but not double. Right. He's got to be a he's got to be a weapon skill seven to make it five. So if you're you're like a goblin and you're fighting a sword master, so my weapon skill is going to be hitting them on fives. Yeah, it's never worse than a five. I mean, there no. might be other modifiers, but it doesn't go past a five. That chart is a little confusing because it's the up to or double that makes it yeah. weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the, that, I have that, that. That's the chart I have memorized. I know that one. This one, Okay, that's the hardest chart to memorize. You're a weirdo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Natural ones always miss. Natural sixes always hit. Yeah. Regardless of modifiers. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I rolled a hit, and I get my hit. Most of the time, I'm going to be hitting on fours. But it might yeah. be threes. Yeah. Uh, twos and fives are rare. Okay. Yeah. So I rolled a wound. This is the this one is is much straighter. Okay. We already talked about this. Fours up if we're equal. It's if, the same chart yeah. as shooting. It's the same chart as shooting. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thank you. Uh. So then you roll if you're wounded. Armor save. You just roll your armor save. Ones yeah. always fail. Okay. How do we determine the value uh, d- uh, models armor? It's the equipment. So, and then we like I said, we figure it there. So, imagine how freaking good iron breakers are going to be in this. I bet they're going to be awesome. <laughs> the dwarves are going to be great. Oh my god, they're going to have. Ugh. What are they going to have? They're going to. I have wish a... I could find that guy who bought my army and just buy it back from him. Of course, he would gr- charge me double. Because ground rule is going to be. It's going to be four at best. 
It's probably going to be four. four. They're going to get a shield three? Yeah, because yeah, wait, gonna be light armor is heavy six, cap? heavy armor is five, and chaos armor and gromerlo is always four. Yeah. And if you can add something to that, oh, it's going to be good. So there'll be a three-up heavy cav. There'll be a three-up infantry. I hope so. Yeah. And then heavy cavalry will still be two-up. Okay. So first we move, remove. Okay. So uh, after, during combat, so what happens? The models get killed. We take them and put them on the side like we still do now so that we can figure out how many models have died. Okay? Yep. Um. Secondly, remove uh, models removed with casualties before having a chance to attack. Okay, so then you lose the step up. The number of casualties inflicted on you will reduce the number of models you can fight by. So that's another important reason to put them aside to see how many actually died. Yeah. To see if those because that that'll determine how many of your guys can fight back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to figure out who won. Sometimes it can happen that a unit suffers more casualties than it has models in the fighting rank. Should this happen, they're removed as normal. Uh, the guys who stepped up just died. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, with casualties removed, check to see if there's any models with a lower initiative that can still fight. If there are, keep doing this. Then we calculate the combat result. This this is the fun part. You know this. You know this game was kind of the right level of crunchy for me. I tried to play like Infinity, and I wanted to cry. Which one's Infinity? Uh, that was the one where it's always your turn because you did all sorts of stuff during the. It's that space is that, game. Is that, is that the space game? I tried that game. That was that was way too much. Uh, yeah, I got. Sometimes you need to roll higher, roll lower, yeah. roll all like, the, that game. D twenty, right? Like, nope. Yeah, it was D twenty. That game was cool, but it was too crunchy for me. This is the right yeah. amount of crunchy. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> how do we figure out combat? Unsaved yeah. wounds inflicted one point each. So if yep. it's a two point model, like a cav model. Yeah. Every dead model is worth two points. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, basically, every unsaved wound every gives, unsaved a, wound. gives like a point uh, of combat rest. Your rank bonus, you you know, you have your maximum rank bonus. You, uh, you get one point per rank bonus. Probably plus two if you're a regular infantry. Mm-hmm. You uh, banner, if you standard. got a standard, it's a point. If you got the battle standard, that's mm-hmm. a point. Cool. If you attacked in the flank, that's a point. If you attacked in the rear, that's two points. On a hill. High ground. This is where. Where's the high ground rules? That's what I. That's got to be in special rules. They're off to the left. So if I'm charging from off of a hill, no, you have to be defending the hill. Oh, if I have the high ground. So if you're charging uphill, I get a mm-hmm. bonus point because you're charging uphill. Correct. Overkill comes if you're fighting uh, heroes in a challenge. One point Max, per excess wounds. Plus five. Does it say that? Yeah. Uh, that must be in the overkill rule, because here it just yes. says one point per excess wound. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, should an attack or rule cause an enemy to be removed from play as a casualty? It counts as having lost a number of wounds equal to the number it had remaining at the time it was removed. Okay. Yeah. So okay. if you just have to remove something, then you get those wounds. Okay. So I add up all of that for me. You add up all of that for you. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and ranks are complete ranks of five. Or, or complete ranks, uh, yeah, of five or more, or whatever your unit has to Or whatever to have. your unit. If you're heavy infantry, it's four or more. So that remember, we talked about that five. Uh, you have to have at least five in a rank, but I would play in sevens. Yeah. My back rank, if I lost a couple, as long as I still had the five minimum, still yes. counts. Correct. But once that unit goes to four that and it's a five count. minimum, it doesn't count. Okay. No. Uh, let's see. Who won? Nightfair, who won? Yeah. Oh, here, high ground. If if uh, occupies a higher. Okay. Oh, they go through and they explain all of these. Yeah. Maximum of five for overkill. Other bonus. Who's the winner? 
Whoever has the highest score. If both sides have the same score, it's a draw. In such cases, it, oh, that if you draw, you don't. Nobody breaks. You just stay in combat. Yeah, there's no musicians anymore. Boo. Oh, they got rid of musicians. Remember that we had a musician. You won by one. Oh, if it was a drawn combat. But are there no musicians in the units? <laughs> I there are. There, there, there is. They're in there. They just. Oh, don't they do just anything. don't. They don't count for this. Okay. They don't, they don't do anything. They don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe they do something on the unit cards. I don't know. Okay, I was gonna say because that seems weird that they don't do anything. Why have them? Okay. Uh, then they talk Liverpool. about multiple combats. If you're if you have multiple units in combat, flank and rear attacks, all these different bonuses. Blah 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 blah. It doesn't matter. Okay. The loser we already talked about. Loser takes a break test. Mm-hmm. If you pass it, uh, or if it's equal to or lower than your leadership, or it's a natural double one, you give ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. If you it's equal to or lower than your unit's leadership, but you still failed it because of the modifications, that's when you fall back in good order. And if you straight fail it and it's higher than your leadership, well, with modifiers, that's really easy for it to be that way. Oh, you know, so fleeing is actually a little harder. Yeah. Because if 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 you're if you're if you win by say like let's say it was a lot, you killed a ton of my models, you won by seven. Mm-hmm. And I'm leadership seven. Yeah, I can't roll a zero, right? We roll double. We can roll double ones. I can roll a double one and then just give ground. Or, but here's the thing: you could win a combat by ten, and my leadership of seven. Now it's a negative three. Doesn't matter if I roll less than a seven. I only fall back in good order. Right. So I could fail by a ton. Mm-hmm. But keep from fleeing. You have to actually fail a straight leader. You have to fail and roll higher than your leadership to break and flee. Yeah, and I think battle standards give you a reroll too. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, right? so it, this game is a lot less deadly. Like, so I think that they're trying to compensate for the fact that, my God, I just painted up this unit of forty dudes, <laughs> and they just and they lost combat by one. And then and they I just failed got, they the just, roll. And I failed this one stupid roll, and they just got run down. Awesome. They're trying, I think they're trying to mitigate some of that. Well, remember, and I don't know if the rules for this, because I don't, as I say, I haven't figured out every rule yet. Mm. But if you remember if you caused fear? Yeah. Outnumbered and caused fear. Bye-bye. You, you like auto automatically. You broke automatically. Yeah, that was bananas. My, uh, it, dude, playing the uh, Oh, playing my vampire counts army, and they're they're not even remember, on this thing. Remember, they took they took that away. Yeah, eighth edition, they didn't have that. What the psychology stuff? Yeah, the auto the auto break. Yeah, auto break better. left after seventh because it was crazy. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. I was sat there. I was like, "Are you telling me?" Because I remember yeah. playing them, and I'm like, "My unit of twenty dwarfs who just yeah. killed twenty of your zombies, but you have fifty in your unit or whatever." Yeah, yeah. You and you're number, telling me that fear, I uh, that blah, I blah, blah, auto yeah. break? I'm like, no, that's BS. I lost by one. Oh, you're auto broke. Bye bye. Okay, so Wait, what? <laughs> uh, once break tests have been made, then you have to decide uh, if they give ground or make a flea roll. The winning unit decides to restrain and reform, or follow up and pers- follow up or pursue. Okay, mm-hmm. so restrain and reform. I can just do that. Uh, you make uh, you make a leadership test. Mm. If you pass the leadership test, you can just you don't have to chase them down. You can reform your unit. 
Yeah. Make a free reform. Now let's go back to the the movement rules real quick. Yeah, so what you want to do is if you win combat in your opponent's turn, just let that unit go. You don't don't chase them. Reform your unit. Now you're going to be in an awesome position to charge something else in your turn. That's exactly. Where this is, that's, that's where, where this that comes cool. in. Yeah, that's where this because because really this game, Warhammer Fantasy is all it's about on, movement. It's on, it's always honestly has been. not about killing stuff. Sometimes I mean, you kill stuff. Sure, you get in there, cause combat. Blah blah blah. Killing stuff this, is the point of the game, but that's not it, how you win. That's not how you win. You win this game in the movement phase and setting up your units, getting around people's flanks getting people in the rear so that your units have an advantage over your opponent's units by getting in spaces they don't want you to be in their flank, in their rear. You reform in their turn. Now you can charge in your turn. And a free reform, if you restrain, a free reform is a huge deal because remember what a reform is. You can pivot a route your center 180 degrees. So basically face them any direction you want and rearrange your ranks and files as required to either change formation or adopt a different formation. Mm -hmm. So you could actually, I mean, that includes rearranging your ranks and files. Does that include that, like, redress the ranks where you can add add more models to the front? Yeah. So that's that's huge. Just remember, you can't move more than double your unit movement though right but any any mod- so if a unit's away in the corner or something he can't the dwarf he can't be seven inches away from where he started right but you can still reform your unit is the point Absolutely. you know uh you can make a follow-up move if they give ground uh yeah. basically you just go back so he backs up his two inches i move up so you've backed up which is great for pushing you off of objectives mm-hmm. right but then i stay mm-hmm. i'm st- we're still in combat I don't want it. I don't. I don't want you charging me the next turn. I don't want you getting able to run away. I just want to stay in combat with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, before making a follow up, you can change your facing by forming a free turn maneuver of ninety to one hundred eighty degrees, and that often you have to because of depending on how they had to move. Yeah. Okay. Because you're still just going to go into contact with it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you can pursue a unit that is falling back in good order or fleeing. If there's more than one losing unit, the pursuer must declare which it's pursuing. Um, the pursuit. So, can you get wiped out if you fall back in good order? Yeah, no, I because think you, I think you can. Um, if you're if the winning side is more than twice the unit strength of the losing side. Okay, so when a pur- unit makes a pursuit move, pivot it so it's facing directly towards it, and roll two d six. That's directly move. If the unit complete. If a unit completely destroys its enemy, okay. So if a unit, uh, so it, I don't understand if the pursuit. Like, okay, so I, mean, I you, understand how it yeah. works, but if you okay, because if I flee, if I if I if I fall back in good order, I basically flee, but then I I instantly you rally, rally and, immediately, and and I and I can pivot to face my attackers. Mm-hmm. So if he pursues them. You can actually you can actually reform in any direction you want. Right, but I'm going to face this guy because he's going to pursue me. Right, mm-hmm. I'm falling back. Yeah. I want to be ready. Yeah. So he rolls two d six and follows up. So mm-hmm. then, if he catches you, you're just in combat again. Then you're just in combat again. Does that count yep. as a charge? Yes. So it counts as a fresh charge for him. I believe because we're not going to fight. No. We just fought. No, it does not okay. count as a charge. 
Uh, if a computer uh, now, if I oh overrun is in this, so I uh, mm-hmm. if I completely destroy my enemy before the break test subphase, mm-hmm. it may attempt to restrain a form, or it may overrun. It just makes a normal pursuit move, but move directly forward without pivoting. So that's if you wipe the guy out. So if but if you have a screening unit, which mm-hmm. oftentimes happens in this game, I've got five models, ten models, just keeping you from being able to charge them. Uh-huh. If I wipe them out, I can overrun. Yep, and I don't know. We have to. This is in the adva- I know it's going to be in the advanced rules, because it used to be if you overrun into a new enemy, that counted as a fresh charge. Mm-hmm. And if that guy hadn't fought yet, you might be able to get to fight again that com in that combat phase. I believe that is still the case. That's awesome. So now the next part is um, if the it says this. I don't know if we've got there yet. If two, if the winning side significantly outnumbers the losing side, it will overwhelm the loser. If the unit strength of the winning side is more than twice that of the losing side, any losing unit that rolled the result, uh, fall back in good order, is making up. It, well, it just breaks. Okay, where is that? Where are you reading So this, this is in the middle of page 154. Oh, so I got to back up. Okay. Oh, okay. So we already... T- yeah, okay. So if I have, if I have, a, if I have a unit strength, if I, have, if I have like 10 cavalry, my unit strength is 20. And you only have eight infantry left. But even if you make that crazy, you know, you so fall back, fall in, back good in good order, order just becomes a break. Yeah, you just break. Oh, so you have to only. You, so oh, okay, so if they're then more if than roll, double, and yeah. that makes sense, they're more than double. I can't yes. fall back in good order. There's too much. There's too many. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I wonder, is there something that if they are overwhelming, significantly outnumbers you, does that affect your give ground? If you if you give give ground, you're fine. Okay, that's different. Falling back in good order is you lost the combat, but yeah. you rolled less than your unmodified, but greater. Okay, so than the modified roll. So okay, you I rolled can't, the in between result. Makes sense. I cannot yeah. fall back in. I can't fall back can't, in good order if correct. they're more than double my. If their unit strength is more than double mine. Yes, makes sense. Uh, let's see. If the enemy unit is fleeing. Okay, so if you roll that and you actually get back into contact with that unit and it's fleeing, it's just dead. That's awesome. If yep. they fell back in good order, then they, oh, here it is. Then they just become engaged in combat once more. I should have just kept reading. Yeah. Uh, units making a pursuit are affected by terrain as normal. A pursuing unit must stop if it makes contact with a friendly unit or with impassable terrain. Mm-hmm. Should any part of a pursuing unit move into contact with or cross beyond the edge of the battlefield? Oh, it's removed from play but not destroyed. So this is if I overrun yeah. you, or if I if I if I you know pursue you. As soon as if any part of my model goes off the board, the unit's off the board. So they yeah. return in the compulsory move subphase. Yeah. Right where they left the battlefield. Oh, here we go. Pursuit to a fresh enemy. Uh, pursuing counts units charging. make contacts with units they weren't pursuing. It counts as charging, and it will make con- uh, then you. Oh, so that's charge. Pursuit into a fleeing enemy. If I make contact with a fleeing enemy, it's just run down. If it's a new combat, okay, here. Fight again. You fight again. If the enemy unit was engaged in combat at the start of the phase, and if that combat has not yet been fought, you will fight again. However, it cannot pursue again after this. It'll just automatically restrain and reform without a test. Right. Wow. So, a lot but, of stuff. Now, otherwise, the units become locked in place until the next player's turn when they will fight around a combat. During the next turn, the pursuing unit counts as having charge. Okay. So if I charge 
or I overrun into you or I pursue into you and it's a new combat. If that unit wasn't in combat, I already fought, so we fight next turn, but I count as having charged. Mm-hmm. If a different unit had already charged it, but they didn't fight yet, this is where picking the combats comes in. Yeah. Because I get to charge a guy, and it's like, okay, I got those guys in the sun. Okay, if I can wipe this unit out, I could get into that. And if they haven't fought yet, then getting into that unit, they can fight again. So that's where, once again, movement, setting up where you are, not allowing you to don't. You got to be careful how you set up yourself defensively as well. You don't want to set yourself up to where they could, if they break this, they're going to overrun and I'm going to get screwed over here. Yeah. Ah, there's yeah. it's so complicated. Yeah. yeah. So the big takeaway for me is, if you give ground, got people to, and the the people who won move up. Nobody counts as charging. If you if they fall back in good order and you go after them, you do count as charging. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought, yeah. yeah, I thought that was the other way, but it's not. Um, then they talk about the terrain and combat again. Don't forget, you can have high ground stuff like yeah. that. This is the oddball stuff. Yeah, and then the, and and then, then the rule where you said where you were if you were uh, surrounded and you're giving ground, then you just don't move. Yes, yeah. If you're if you're surrounded or like if you were, it's not just uh, yeah, like this this uh, mm-hmm. unit right here. Uh, oh. So you're not you have to be actually surrounded, uh, unable mm-hmm. to break contact with one or more enemy units, because if you break from a double unit, like here in the picture, they got them on the side and the flank. You yeah, break they can, they at, can a, get away. at an angle. Yeah. They can get away. Okay. If you are surrounded, then you're just in combat still. Right. So if I'm in, basically if I'm on both flanks or if I'm in the front and the rear, you mm-hmm. you can't. You can't go away from that. All right. So that uh, now we're on the psychology of war, which we already talked about, about panic tests, taking panic tests when things break. Yeah. And now we're on to the advanced rules. So we need to stop. Okay. So um, we just finished the basic rules for the old world. And we took a break, and Chris and I were going to come back and record tomorrow and do the rest of the book, but we realized we got like two and a half hours of content, so after we had signed off and stuff and we're ready to talk today, I said, why don't we just tack an end on this and put it out so that way we're not waiting, Uh, which is a good thing because I just found out that uh, Chris has lost his internet, so we can't even record the show until he gets that fixed on Thursday. So... Uh, this is the whole episode right here, uh, 329B. Uh, we will be coming out with the next episode, uh, hopefully in just uh, you know four or five days. We're going to finish the second half of the book. We're going to cover um, universal rules, magic, how to write your army list, characters, all, all you know, uh, stats for weapons and war machines. It's going to be really fun. Um, I tried to organize it and go through it and organize it so we're not just going through the book, but at least we're kind of keeping some sort of semblance of uh, you know, s- things that are similar together. Uh, but I think it's going to be really great, and I'm really excited to keep going with this. This, this is a fantastic rule set. So, uh, folks, also, please don't forget, if you were thinking about possibly um, donating to the birthday fundraiser for Wargaming Club, um, you can do that by uh, donating uh, at uh, garagehammer at live.com on PayPal. Anyone who donates $10 will get 
some objective markers and um, combat gauges for uh, you know for Age of Sigmar um, from Six Squared Studios. Anyone who donates twenty dollars will also get three of my infantry uh, sort of models from my old armies. Uh, anyone who donates fifty dollars will get an additional seven, making ten. And this repeats with extra, um, with, you know, if, if you did more than 50, if you hit 60, you'd get extra combat gauges and stuff like that. Um, and uh, again, on my birthday episode, which will release at the end of February, we will uh, we'll talk to everyone, thank everyone. There will be all sorts of special things going on that episode. So um, I just want uh, to remind everybody of that before I sign off. And we will be back in days with more Old World because January is Old World month. Um, we've got so much more to cover, folks. So much more to cover. The Bretonian Army Book, the Tomb King's Army Book, Ravening Hordes, Forces of Fantasy. I, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So um, listen and keep coming back and... Uh, yeah, I hope uh, I hope you're enjoying the glut of content because this is gonna this is gonna keep going for a while until we get through the basics on this. So enjoy, and uh, we'll be back in a few days um, with the next episode. And so, as always, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when others fall, and only the faithful will know no despair except in failure.